The Blaze Radio Network. On demand, Pat Gray is here. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi. Uh, 888-900-3393. It is Pat Gray Unleashed. Continue to hear uh, more about the attack on Rand Paul. Still no indication of why the guy did it. In fact, the guy appeared in court and, and pled not guilty. Yeah. The the so the neighbor said he's not guilty of assault. Yeah, misdemeanor assault, I believe it is what it was. Mm-hmm. So apparently uh Rand tackled himself, smashed himself into his tractor or whatever. Sure. Repeatedly. Uh, and broke six of his ribs. And uh plural effusion, which I don't I don't know what that is. I meant to look that up and see medically what what's a plural effusion. Whatever it is, Doesn't he has that. Yeah. In fact, he said uh, on Twitter yesterday, Rand Paul said that uh, we're now up to six broken ribs. Yeah. Not just the original ones that were reported. Yeah. And I, so we still don't know. The, the neighbors are saying it's nonsense, this landscaping excuse. No. It's just, they all say, seven other neighbors have said, the Pauls are great neighbors and there's no problem with his lawn. It's like everybody else's. So they're not buying the landscaping, the the lawn clipping. They're not buying any of that, and uh, and Rand Paul's not trying to sell it either. He doesn't. He said only only the neighbor knows why he did it. He he claims not to even know why, which is really strange, really weird. Wow. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, Kevin Spacey has uh, been accused uh, of more more sexual assault. Uh, the Hollywood sewage pipe just keeps draining here, and they're they're not done. You got the Kevin Spacey thing, and he apparently assaulted some woman's. Uh, do we have the video on that? I don't think we do. Um, we'll get that for you later. But there, there's a woman who claims that her 18 year old son was assault, was sexually uh, assaulted by Kevin Spacey. I think three years ago, and she speaks about it so passionately. And emotionally, why? Why now? Why didn't you come out then? These people aren't even in Hollywood. What are they trying to protect? And I guess just because everybody else is coming out now, now they have to tell their story too. It just would have been nice to hear about it at the time, and maybe some of this other stuff would be prevented. And I've not having ever been sexually assaulted, I can't claim to know how difficult it is to come forward and tell your story. So. Uh, I don't know from that perspective. But this young man was apparently straight, is straight, and he was with Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey showed up at some bar at Martha's Vineyard or one of those, uh, like, hot spots uh, for the for the rich. And they were having drinks, and Kevin Spacey joined him and stuck his hand in the guy's pants. Oh. And uh, I guess they were both very, very drunk. But I'll tell you this, if somebody sticks their hand in my pants when it's not invited, <laughs> I'm breaking that hand. <laughs> or I'm, they're getting an elbow to the face. Oh, God. I, and again, it's an 18-year-old kid, so 
Maybe you're asking too much. I don't know. I just don't understand this. I froze stuff. You don't freeze when somebody's reaching and grabbing. You move, right? Uh, Again, maybe not. Maybe not. And so uh, the mother is speaking out on that. I think the son is 21 now. Also, Charlie Sheen has been identified as the rapist of Corey Haim. This is coming from... uh, I think this comes from Corey Feldman, yeah. who said, Haim told me he had sex with Sheen when they filmed Lucas, which was a movie a long time, what, 80s movie? Yeah. Uh, Dominic Brasha, former actor and a close friend of the Lost Boys legend. Oh, okay, this is from Dominic Brasha, not, uh, not Corey Feldman. But Corey Feldman has said basically the same things. But Dominic Brasha says, he told me they smoked pot and had sex. Uh, Hames said it happened after Sheen became, after it happened, Sheen became very cold and rejected him. And when Corey wanted to do it again, he wasn't interested. So obviously we were talking about statutory rape here. But Brasha said Haim claimed he hooked up with a Wall Street star another time when he was in his mid to late 20s. Did Haim live that long? I thought he died fairly young. Uh, Haim told me he had sex with Sheen again. Claimed he didn't like it and was finally over with Sheen. He said uh, Charlie Sheen was a loser. Now, Sheen vehemently denies this, which, of course, you would. At some point during filming, though, uh, this came out a while ago from from Hames' memoirs. He said an, an adult male convinced me it was perfectly normal for older men and younger boys in the business to have sexual relations. I believe that. <clears throat> I'll bet that's true. He said that that it was what all guys do. Wow. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be actors. Right? Scary. I mean, that's scary. So they walked off to a secluded place between two trailers during a lunch break for the cast and crew. And uh, Haim, ambitious like he was, uh was involved with, uh, I'm not going to describe the way it is here, but uh, they were involved together. <laughs> they had their moment. And apparently, in in the divorce he went through with Denise Richards, <clears throat> Hollywood actress Denise Richards, uh, in 2005, some of those records said that his interest in adolescent boys was one of the issues in their divorce. Charlie Sheen's interest in adolescent boys. Man. Good golly. What a cesspool. What a cesspool. It's gotten so bad now that uh, Ridley Scott is talking about editing Kevin Spacey out of his new movie, which comes out this December. As the accusations continue to get worse, um, he's apparently not going to have any screen time time in uh, all the money in the world. The movie is a historical drama about the 1973 abduction of John Paul Getty III. The original plan was that Spacey would play oil t- tycoon J. Paul Getty, who refused to pay the ransom and demanded th- that was demanded by his grandson's kidnappers. Reports state that Scott will bring in actor Christopher Plummer and reshoot all those scenes where Spacey was supposed to appear. If that's true, uh, it kind of sounds like his career might be over. Mm-hmm. Kevin's just at the time when he's he's at the zenith 
of his his uh, career, it's all going to come cr- crumbling down now. And it should if he's guilty of all these things. It absolutely should. But House of Cards probably never been more popular. He's in commercial after commercial. They're putting him in movies. Hmm. I mean, Kevin Spacey was never this big a deal. Yeah, but at least uh, maybe we have a replacement for the uh, the House of Cards role. You know, that's the good thing they're mm-hmm. already talking about. <laughs> Kevin James <laughs> replacing Kevin Spacey on House of Cards. <laughs> so good. They've got forty thousand signatures on that on a petition to have Kevin James replace him. Of course. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, I think you're going to be tweeting out a link to that petition too for anybody else that wants to. Uh, why do you sense that? I just why, why I would just, you? I because um, I had no inclination to no, do you that. Do. Oh, you I do. do. I do. Okay. You just don't realize it. All yet. right. Mm-hmm. Wow, you see right through me, Keith. You see right through me. You're probably typing it over I am there. So transparent how, under your steely gaze. How are you, I don't know what to do. How are you typing up that tweet with your hands locked together know. over there? I'm just bothered by the fact that I feel so naked right now. Right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Nathan in Minnesota, you're on the blaze. Good afternoon. I'm doing awesome. Still don't care how you're doing. Um, I uh, I am against uh, hate crime legislation in general. I think the idea is silly to punish you more because of your motivation if you hate them because of something silly. Well, yeah, because you don't know what's in somebody's heart anyway, and no crimes are done with love, are they? Right. If you yeah. killed me because I'm white or you killed me because you wanted the $9 in you're, my pocket. You're I'm still so dead. Bad. I don't really care. Either way. Right. But So I would like to see the prosecutor go after Rand Paul's neighbor, and it, it's a hate crime. Because you, you know yes. if it was anybody else, automatically it would be a hate crime. If, oh, if, if it, it was, was the other, other way around, it absolutely would. Yeah, we would know nothing, but they'd say, well, this is obviously a hate crime. He is motivated by politics. Well, we don't know why now, but I think we should at least pursue that avenue to its uh, conclusion. <laughs> And say, mm-hmm. as far as we know, this is a hate crime based upon politics. And it's interesting because, as you mentioned, Nathan, why is it worse if it was uh, if it was politically motivated? Because the attack is still the same, whether he did it over lawn clippings or politics. Uh, Rand Paul still has six broken ribs. Either way, it's just strange well, that if it's political, it's a felony, and if it's not, it isn't. Well, and I and look at it from the perspective of a victim. If you have two cases that are seemingly identical, but then one person gets punished more because it's motivated by a so-called hate crime. If I'm the guy that got assaulted for no other reason other than, say, greed, I'm looking at that going, well, why did that guy's assailant get <laughs> yes. you know, 10 more years in prison than mine? <laughs> right. I got hurt right. just as bad. I mean, it really is. It's not a fair application of no. the law or punishment. No, it's bizarre. Uh, thanks for the call. Really good point, Nathan. And, you know, I since those laws are on the books, though, go after him full force. You know, from the beginning, his lawyer has been saying, oh, this had nothing to do with politics. It's not politically motivated because it's a much more serious crime. If he, if he, if he was motivated by politics, then it's a, a hate crime. Uh, and it's interesting, though, that he has completely pled not guilty now, as if he didn't do it at all. Or I don't, I don't know if he's going to claim sanity or, you know, uh, Hershey bar defense. Who knows what he's got up his sleeve? Wait, what's the Hershey Maybe he took NyQuil that night. Well, you make too many Hershey bars and it drove you batty, and so you went and attacked your next-door neighbor. Hmm. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, there's all kinds of defenses like that. What was the one we were talking about a few weeks ago? Um, Guy took medicine, and right? Yes. And he took medicine and killed his wife in his sleep. Stabbed her many, yeah, many Yeah, that's times. what it was. It was. It literally was NyQuil, I think. No. Or some kind of 
nighttime cold remedy. Was it over the counter though? I think it was. I think it was an over the counter drug. Hmm. And he made a phone call to 911 and he was crying and extremely emotional and said she I think she's dead. She's there's she's on the floor and there's blood all over and I think I killed her. So he admitted it right away. And uh I you know which kind of lent credibility to me to the story. I but their doctors are saying absolutely not. There's no validity to it. Uh 888-933-93. More of your calls coming up here in a second. And uh, much more to tell you about today. We haven't even scratched the surface. Uh, it's time to say goodbye, in the meantime, though, to Big Mobile. Big Mobile, I mean, I'm going to have to give you a list of some of the things they've done lately. But uh, one of the things is they're giving big money to Planned Parenthood right now. They're giving big money to support sanctuary cities. And, of course, they're going after your guns. They're all about gun control. And they're donating to the Michael Bloomberg group that is trying to uh, take the guns out of the hands of every American citizen. Now, there's a better way to go because part of your bill doesn't have to go to fund those causes. Even though you don't want to, you don't, you don't tell them to put your money there. That's what they do with it. Patriot Mobile, completely different. The only conservative cell phone company in America where a portion of your Patriot Mobile bill goes directly into funding traditional family values religious freedom, and uh, opportunities for American citizens. And you get the same nationwide coverage <clears throat> with unlimited talk, text, and data for a better price. Right now, in fact, unlimited talk and text starts at 20 bucks a month. I mean, these are really good people. They are conservative people. They have the same values as you. It's uh, And you don't lose anything by switching over to them. It just makes sense. 1-800-A-PATRIOT is the number. 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Or visit them online at patriotmobile.com slash pat. Patriotmobile.com slash pat. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Returns. Great to have you returning with us. 888-900-3393. It is Pat Gray. We've been talking a little bit about the Kevin Spacey thing. Also, Rand Paul and the beating he received. Just really strange. A lot of these incidents lately, you just can't get your head around. They don't make any sense, and then we don't hear a motivation for anything. That makes it really hard. We all want to comprehend why these bad things happen to people, and yeah, so not finding out is is really frustrating. Uh, let's go to Elizabeth in Wisconsin. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hello, love. Hello, Keith. Um, I I'm calling because I did find out what happened with Rand Paul. You did, and I, I have to say I think I'm with the neighbor on this. Really? Yes. Um, what my investigation has shown is that now Rand put in an artificial pond at his place. And it was close to his neighbor's, you know, the property line. Mm-hmm. And so Rand put too much chlorine in the pool. And it turned the frogs gay. 
So before uh-huh. you know it, his poor neighbor had gay frogs hopping around all over his place. Uh-huh. And, right. And right. so um, no Friday, <laughs> his neighbor was having um, just a little outside get together, a little garden party. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the, all these gay frogs were hopping around doing well, wow. doing God knows what. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> right. And um, and he just lost it. <laughs> and um, you know, I'm huh. I'm giving trying to give Rand the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. um, that yeah. it was accidental. But I mean, you would think. <laughs> yeah. Um, this guy, you know, he attained a medical degree. You would think he would know about the chlorine. You would. <laughs> you, yeah. Yes, you would. And think. what it does, right? <laughs> right, absolutely. I mean, the uh-huh. next thing you know, this poor neighbor's going to have, um, you know, baby turtle hybrids. Yeah, yeah. trying to get out of the pond. I tell you, I think the tip-off, uh, Elizabeth, was when the neighbor saw the frogs running around in leather chaps in his yard. I think yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It was a giveaway. It, it was doesn't a necessarily. It was a tip off. Thanks, Elizabeth. Appreciate it. It's a long way to the well from a very devoted listener. <laughs> I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. <laughs> if his next door neighbor had been Alex Jones, you would kind of understand yeah. that and maybe believe the whole story. Yeah, that that's how it all went down. Doctor Paul should have known better. About yes, he should have. What he was doing. Uh, Charlie in Wisconsin, welcome to the blaze. Hi there. Hey. Hi there. Hi. Logical explanation for Rand Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rand Paul got the neighbor's gardeners deported, and that's what pissed them off. That's just uh, so. That's another uh, another speculation on your part. Mm. You're just you drawing some conclusions there. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, Charlie. I'm going to guess no. I mean, yeah, me too. With, with Rand Paul being a libertarian, you just leave him alone. Yeah. Libertarians aren't the strongest on the border situation. Mm-hmm. They're just, you, as a rule, they're just not. Uh, 888-900-3393. Although, you know, you got some people putting some thought into this. They're really trying to noodle <laughs> it out. And that's what happens when you don't have the actual facts. Right? <laughs> yeah. We don't, and that's what happened in Las Vegas when we didn't have the actual facts. All the, all the conspiracy theorists went to work filling in the blanks, and you have enough weird things that happened there, like the security guard who left and went to Mexico, and to me that just proves my initial theory that he's an illegal alien, and that's why he's been acted the way he has. But uh, so people fill in the blanks. And now that we don't have any motivation for Rand Paul to be viciously attacked like this by his neighbor, everybody's filling in the blanks. Yeah. If 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 we haven't learned anything, it's the get out in front of the story. Yeah, or definitely. Or else someone else is going to yes. write the narrative for you. It's, it, it's the same thing with uh, Barack Obama's birth certificates. Because he wouldn't release it because no one had seen it and he claimed he lost it or whatever. Well, we filled in the blanks. Well, we didn't, but uh, a lot of conspiracy people filled in the blanks. Well, he wasn't born here. Okay. All right. And where does that get you? Oh, at the White House. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Donald but, Trump. But but arguing that point it doesn't help because it negates the other legitimate arguments that you have against him, and then they just throw out the illegitimate stuff right back in your face. Scott in Texas, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, hi, Brother Love. I just had a disagreement about, um, not a disagreement, but since about the cell phone use and about uh, accidents, I went to look up the statistics to see since cell phones have become popular if we've had more accidents. Oh, okay. And if you go to look at the numbers, we haven't. 
In fact, in every way that you can measure it, the number of uh, accidents have gone down, whether it's per registered vehicle, per huh. capita, per mile driven. It's gone down. So and- you would think that, okay, we've gone from almost no one having cell phones in 1996 to over 90% of adults having them. Right. You would think there would be an increase, but there's not. It's, it's kind of like the hmm. the gun issue argument. The liberals will say, well, look how many more guns are. There's going to be more gun violence. Well, no, not really. The guns don't do it. People do it. Yes. It's really and the true. same way with cell phones. Cell phones don't cause accidents. People cause accidents. And it's the same people that would read a newspaper before are now just looking on their cell phone. Yeah. The safe people are still safe. The people who aren't safe are still unsafe. And the cell phone almost has nothing to do with it. So at Not, least the, that's what the numbers show. It's amazing when you look at the numbers because a lot of times it does show that. You know, it's just the perception that everybody's crashing uh, now uh, on an increasing basis because of the cell phones. And that's what kind of what we're told by law enforcement. Thanks for the call, Scott. Glad you did that uh, investigative research. We should look and see what the specific numbers are because that would be interesting. And then compare it state by state and nationwide. Um. One of the things with the cell phones is a lot of times that just it, it can go through your car's system and then you're not distracted at all. You're just talking to somebody on the phone. You push a button. It's right there on your steering wheel as a rule uh, and your hands free and you're not. I mean, if you're distracted talking on the phone, why would you be any more distracted that way than talking to somebody who's sitting beside you in the car? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. A uh, cancer survivor had her car defaced. Because she used uh, the the handicap parking space, uh, which is she was quite uh, nice about it. As a matter of fact, yeah. So she's a University of K- of Kentucky student who had a tumor removed from her brain stem. Ever since, she's had to undergo radiation treatments that drain her energy, cause dizziness. She gets the treatments on her lunch break, then heads back to class. So she parks in disabled parking which is her right. She has a legal disability parking placard. But the person who saw her get out of the car probably thought, well, she's totally able-bodied. And uh, they took it upon themselves to uh, vandalize her vehicle. Put uh, shame on you on the car. Not really handicapped, just lazy. Uh, The vandal took time to write a letter and duct tape it to the windshield, along with some other signs, uh, while Baskin was meeting with a p- professor in the library. Um, she said there are legit handicapped people who need this parking space. We've seen you and your friend come and go, and there's nothing handicapped about either of you. <laughs> I got news for this person, too. There are a lot of people who don't appear to the naked eye to have any sort of handicap that actually have these legal... Uh, placards. Yeah, mind your own business, yeah. too. Right. Your tag must be borrowed or fake. Wow, they even saw the tag. Unbelievable. <laughs> we will make every effort to see you fined or towed for being such a selfish, terrible person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, this uh, the woman who is handicapped uh, took the high road. She said... Remember that you have no idea what's going on in people's lives. I have cancer and radiation treatment. I'm legally allowed to park here. You don't have to be a a person with no legs in order to use the handicapped parking spaces. 
Uh, but people are just nuts about that, though. They'll and go absolutely bat crap crazy and over the it. Things that people choose to spend their time on, right? This lady or, or whoever it was, the guy, lady, whoever wrote this, took the time to write this letter and make these. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, they're printed up all of these notes and, and just stick them all over her car. That's uh, it has no idea what's going on in, in this no. person's life. Uh, don't you have anything better to do? Even if she was totally able-bodied, uh, what do you? What's it to you? None, yeah, none, your business. Triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. The Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. There's something that's been bothering me a lot lately as I see these aging rock stars continue to perform. Oh no! <laughs> Just, no! No! What? It's so sad because you know here I am myself becoming an aging talk show host, <laughs> but I'm looking at these guys rocking out on stage, <laughs> senior citizens, literally senior citizens oh, up on no. stage. Uh, Foreigners celebrated their 40th anniversary with a big reunion of the original members, not just Lou Graham, but uh, Al Greenwood and some of the other guys that were with them from the very very first album, which was really cool. Because if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know I'm a fairly big Foreigner fan. And I honestly believe they deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I can't imagine them not being, but they aren't. So uh, somebody sent us a clip of of the 40th anniversary encore and apparently there's more concerts coming mm. according to Lou Graham uh but <laughs> you see how oh boy i oh. mean Lou especially cuz we interviewed him on uh on the radio show on Glenn's radio show uh what's maybe a year ago maybe it's been a year oh, yeah and uh and so he is such a nice guy and he's Born again religious, and uh, he went through a terrible health crisis in the late '90s, where they thought he was going to die. He had a brain tumor, and it had to be uh, removed, obviously surgically. And then he had to take medication afterwards, which made him his weight go up. And so you, you got him looking nothing like he once did. A uh, Mick Jones is bald. Uh, the keyboard player is gray haired, has, you know, big thick glasses on now. Cause nobody can see anymore. <laughs> just, it's, uh, it's just is it, sad to see this happen to people. And where, where are the tour stops? Like at old folks homes or what are they? <laughs> I mean, 
The, the villages. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna play it uh, at like Golden Corral buffets. Oh man! For the four o'clock early bird special. Don't dog eat at four o'clock, man. Don't. I'm good well, with three. That. If you get there at three, you know they still might have some prime rib available. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't talk, but man, it it really this kills me to see this happen to everybody. Okay. Who do you think this is? This picture on my screen. Who do you think that is? Uh, that's uh, wow. Hmm? Uh, show it to the show it to the camera. That is I don't know. Oh, oh wait! Huh? Touch me, feel me. Is it Roger Daltrey? No. Oh okay. I'm glad. I'm glad that's not Roger Daltrey. Actually, I think Roger Daltrey still looks pretty good. Who is that? So who is it? That's Axel Rose. Axel Rose. He's looking rough. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Time I, flies. Honestly, I didn't. I would never it's know. It's unrecognizable. He is unrecognizable. You know, uh, it's, but this just happens, right? We're, but I mean, 20 years ago, I didn't look like this either. No, I know. So, me too. So. Moving like along. Like I said, we Next got topic? no room to talk, but <laughs> this, uh, the geriatric rock thing is bothering me yeah. right now. Yeah. And then he, I, you know, he doesn't sound quite like he used to. A little taste of it right here. About to play Long, Long Away From Home. It's hard to tell, really. Hmm. I mean, it's a terrible mix on the music, so yeah. I, I don't know. But I heard him sing on a clip uh, a while ago, and it's maybe he was just having a bad night. It hurt, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. It, it didn't sound anything yeah, like that. Yeah, and I, I absolutely hate um, thinking back, you know, when you when you hear the music that you love so much, mm-hmm. it makes you feel old, too. Exactly Because right. then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I remember when, oh, no, that was what? How long ago was that? Oh, man. So, yeah. can we talk about something it's, else? It's depressing. <laughs> yeah, we could uh, talk about the president's trip to Asia, which has been somewhat mm. interesting, I think. Oh, good. World politics. He's That's lavishing, less depressing. lavishing praise <laughs> on Chinese leader Xi Jinping, oh. which is a little different than... Okay, here's just a few times, <laughs> only a couple times, okay. that we've singled out and... And Trump was bashing China in each of these instances where he says, China, uh, check this out. It is unbelievable. China, 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 China. China. Okay. Mm-hmm. You go over to China, 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 China. You take China, China, China. I love them. China. 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 I have to have my China. 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 Because China. 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 China now. China. China. You know, China. I know China very well. China. 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 Northwest Wisconsin, where I'm from. It's China to me. So, obviously, the guy has railed against China for, well, ever since. I mean, from day one, when he announced his candidacy, he's been on China. Uh, The tune has changed somewhat. Both the United States and China will have a more prosperous future 
if we can achieve a level economic playing field. Right now, unfortunately, it is a very one-sided and unfair one. But, but, I don't blame China. Really? (laughs) Okay, that line invoked laughter and gasps in the audience. But I don't blame China. They actually laughed at him and gasped because he has blamed China so many times. What do you mean you don't blame China? That's all you've done for three years. After all, (laughs) who can blame a country for being able to take advantage of another country for the benefit of its citizens? I give China great credit. Wow. I mean... What a backhanded compliment that is. <laughs> <laughs> he just told them they're taking advantage of us and tried to make that sound like a good thing. That's just so weird. Uh, but this is what we wanted, right? A guy who wasn't a politician. A guy who didn't have any diplomatic skills. And that's what I, everybody liked about him. Because he means what he says and he says what he means. Does he? How many times did he rail against China and now he's saying something a little bit differently? At the negotiating table, uh, President Trump held Xi's gaze, and he said this. My feelings towards you, my feeling towards you is incredibly warm. Uh, (laughs) My feeling toward you. Is he courting him? (laughs) Is he going to ask him out on a date? Because he had lavish praise for uh, Jinping. Uh, I mean, even the Chinese people know how many times Donald Trump has bashed them, and that's why they gasped and laughed when he said what he said. Now, I understand he's in their country and he can't bash them, but, you know, don't say disingenuous things either. Who, Who is advising the president? And if they are advising him, is he just not taking their advice? Hmm. I wonder. Maybe that's the problem. Uh, I, I don't know, but it's embarrassing. Yeah, he sounded good with the uh, the gun control uh, answer yeah, he in handled South that, Korea. Handled that pretty well, actually. Mm, but uh, uh, no, this uh, other stuff with China is just not. Uh, with it's not like the same persons over there. This other stuff with who? China, China, oh. China, China, right. China, 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 China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, China. You go over to China. China, 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 China. All right, you get the idea. I do. (laughs) Uh, Also, the GOP might be in the process of delaying tax cuts. Isn't that great? Wait, no. Yeah, surprise. What? As they prepare to unveil their own sweeping tax plan, Senate Republicans are revisiting the key provisions of the GOP House proposal, including possibly eliminating property tax deductions as well as state income tax reductions, increasing the size of child care credits, offering more help to small businesses, and having corporate tax cuts phase in or expire. So that wouldn't even be permanent. Wait, wait, wait. I'm a little confused because you you started, you might be Mm. misspeaking, Pat. You said the GOP tax cut. I think you're reading the Democrats' uh, tax plan. Yeah, I wish I did. Oh. There is no difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is just... An abomination. The final outline of the Senate plan is scheduled to be released today, but it was up until last night uh, still a work in progress. One Republican official who didn't want to be named 
said everything is on the table. <laughs> Probably including tax increases. Oh, there is one. House and Senate Republicans agreed on an early framework for the tax overhaul, lowering corporate rates to 20%, consolidating some of the individual brackets. Mm-hmm. But as House Republicans push ahead with a vote next week on their bill, Senate Republicans are constrained by Senate rules that require their package uh, not increase the federal deficit by more than $1.5 trillion over a decade. Now, it doesn't have to increase. That's not the government's money. It's our money. You're just taking less of it. So if you've got less money coming in, here's what you do. Spend less. Hmm. That way it doesn't cost you anything. What are you talking about? Tax cuts don't cost anybody anything. They spur the economy, too. So they wind up with, in virtually every case, more revenue. Core to the Senate's dilemma right now, though, is how to make the corporate tax rates immediate and permanent as the president wants, but they're looking for revenue streams so they don't add to the deficit. So there'd be more taxes. Because you know what? <laughs> they can't even, they're, even though they're Republican, they can't even conceive of cutting the budget. They can't conceive of spending less money. They're thinking of various options. Fully repeal the state and local tax deductions uh, that are important to California and other high-tax states. Geez, Texas has some of the worst property taxes Mm -hmm. in the world. Adjusting individual tax brackets so higher-income households that earn less than a million dollars. They're still trying to get... Oh, good gosh. They're trying to lower the $1 million threshold for 39.6 to who knows what. I don't know. Uh, But they they want that to be lower than a million. And don't forget, there's that 46% hidden tax increase. um, Yeah, right. People making over a million. Yeah. It's just madness. I don't know who's in charge over there, but it's... uh, Definitely not the GOP that you were born and raised with. We're going to talk to uh, uh, talk host Steve Dace yeah. about the Republicans and how inept they are and how bad the Democrats are. And he's he's uh, written some great things about it. He had a whole stream of tweets, uh, like a tweet storm that came go. out. Look at you. No longer Look at Twitterless, that, right? Pat. Right. <laughs> Pretty hip to the whole Twitter thing. Um, so we'll talk to him just after the uh, top of the hour, right after uh, noon central. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. If your family is under duress, let's say there's an intruder in your home and it's the middle of the night, uh, a single second could be the difference between life or death. It takes less than a third of a second for Identilock's computer to recognize your fingerprint and disengage. I don't have my fingerprint programmed in, but I've got the key here. And it's so easy. That quickly, it's off, and you're ready to uh, take care of the threat. It can take up to 10 seconds to access your gun from a locked safe. Well, that's even if you have the gun safe that's near your, your bed. Sometimes it's just in your safe safe, and then who knows where that's located. Identilock gives you peace of mind uh, that... That uh, only the people you let access your gun can access your gun. It's the world's first fingerprint trigger lock. An amazing device, incredibly light, super portable. Check it out today. Identilock uh, is facing censorship from nearly every TV and radio network solely because of its association with handguns. Just unbelievable. 
Uh, so check it out for yourself. It's called Identilock, and it's available exclusively at Cabela's throughout the nation. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Blaze Radio Network, and you can listen anywhere. Download the free app for your iPhone or iPad now at theblaze.com slash radio. Now back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. Hey, you can check us out anytime on the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and all all over the place. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Uh, so, and make sure you thumb up us on Facebook. Uh, and you can also tweet, obviously, at Pat Unleashed. From just to, just to muck and fudge. <laughs> uh, it's almost like Kevin Spacey's career is coming down like some structure that's made of some unstable unstable materials. <laughs> Like House of like a House, house of cards. cards. I see. Get it? That's good stuff. That's good. From uh, Jack Hole Beer Guy, Axel Rose now looks like some weird cross between Axel and Jeffy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> yep. That might be the meanest thing you could have ever said about Axel Rose right now. Just sad. <laughs> That's true. You know, he supposedly though I uh has one of the uh widest vocal ranges of anybody ever in history. Like he's got like a I don't know forty eight octave range wow. or something. I think it's literally five or six, but it's supposed to be amazing. And I always I was never a big Guns N' Roses fan. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, the TSA doing such a great job at airports all over the country. Thank heaven for the TSA. They make our life and our travel wonderful. In a recent undercover test at multiple airport security checkpoints. Done by the Department of Homeland Security, inspectors said screeners, their equipment, or their procedures failed more than half the time. How much more, they were asked. Well, we can't give you the exact number. Was it about 80%? You're in the ballpark. 80% of the time, TSA's security measures don't work. Could have told you that. Wow. This random thing is... is it's just butt stupid. I don't even understand how you're supposed to prevent a terrorist attack, attack by randomly checking people. What good is that? You've got you got to go with the people who are more possible, don't you? I mean, if you're pulling a four-year-old girl out of line and giving her extra scrutiny, and you're letting the guy behind her, who is Mohammed Atta's twin, sail through the checkpoint... It, it, does that make any sense at all? That's not to say everybody who looked like Mohammed Atta is a terrorist, but we do have a general yeah. profile Play the of who it is that's trying to kill us. And the reason we have that is because they've said so. Add TSA as an interest uh, to stay up to date. Well, you should be doing that because uh, it's changing all the time. And... None of these measures are working. So what can the American people do about all the inconvenience we go through? I, I mentioned that 
the other day I had the uh, TSA pre-screen, and I still was randomly selected to go through their naked machine. Did they touch you? Yes, they did afterwards hmm. because the naked machine identified hot spots. Yeah, they did. You better believe it. The whole thing was hot. <laughs> right. I know. Tell us <laughs> the more. The entire image of what they were looking at was incredibly hot. And where was it again? It was right on my waist. Uh, I know it was. So the guy sticks his hands in my pants. Well, Kevin Spacey was and, your TSA screen. It goes both ways, around and around. I'm like, sure. oh, I told you. Opportunity lost. You didn't identify as a woman right then and there. I should have. When ABC News, uh, oh, I already mentioned that they asked if it was a failure rate of 80% and they were told that you're about right. You're in the ballpark. So mm-hmm. in a public hearing, following a private classified briefing to the House Committee on Homeland Security, members of Congress called the failures disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think? You think? <laughs> it's what I've said the whole time. This is not keeping us safe. They're, you're taking stupid measures. You're You're... You're just throwing, uh, you're blindfolding yourself and then throwing a dart at the wall, hoping it lands in the right place. It's not going to. There's no reason to think that any of what they're doing is keep us safe. And I hear all the lemmings, all the sheep behind me when I'm just seething and boiling with anger because of the stupidity of the whole thing. Well, it's for our safety. Well, they are trying to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. Well, we got to do this so that nothing happens. Really? You see that number right there on my screen? Uh, 57,600. Yeah, that's the number of federal employees that work for the TSA now. 57,600. Wow. That hurts. But we need to send them more money, you know. Yeah, I know. Increase that budget. And probably hire more TSA screeners. Yeah, they just need more training. They're man. just so good. Mm-hmm. You know, seriously, we should get the Israelis over here and find out how they keep their citizenry safe on... Uh, on uh, on airplanes because they've got it down they had to or they a lot more were going going to die the inspectors though that went through said they identified vulnerabilities with the TSA's screener performance the screener equipment and the associated procedures statement adds that the findings remain classified but that eight recommendations have been made to improve and they won't say what those recommendations are. Now, this news comes two years after ABC News reported that secret teams from the DS, DSA or D, DHS found that TSA failed 95% of the time. Remember that report? Two years ago, it was 95% of the time they didn't stop inspectors who smuggled weapons or explosive materials through the screening. But by Golly, they got that toothpaste out of your carry-on bag. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Who knows? How many people could have been killed by the fluoride in that toothpaste? Well, don't get Alex Jones started on that. <laughs> that report led to many major changes ordered by the TSA. The agency opened a training academy for transportation security officers, and they changed their procedures to reduce long lines. Uh, I got to tell you, that too is not working because the lines were incredibly long. In a public hearing on Capitol Hill, members are pushing for the full implementation of new scanning equipment that creates 3D images of bags and it gives screeners better ability to spot threatening items. Why don't you just have people strip naked? I'm sorry? Why don't you just do that? I mean, isn't that where we're going? 
That's where we're just we're headed. All right, if you're gonna fly, <laughs> sorry, you gotta fly naked, naked air. Yeah. Huh. And we'll do a cavity search though, because who knows what's in your butt cheeks. <laughs> well, okay. Now, see, <laughs> I, mean, this, I was on board with this. It. Is how bad it is getting. This is why I hate this agency and I hate this stupidity that we're going through. And I thought, you know, it would fade away. It hasn't. It it just it's gotten worse. Wait, you thought a government run operation I, was going to quote get yes. better? Yeah, I did. I thought, you know, five years from now we'll Patrick. we'll start to realize, okay, this isn't gonna be the site of the next uh, attack anyway. But no. It just continues to get worse. Mm. So the TSA says uh, we take their findings very seriously and are implementing measures that will improve screening effectiveness of checkpoints and continue to sexually assault passengers for the foreseeable future. <laughs> that may not have been an exact quote by him. The loose. It's, it's, yes. <laughs> it's paraphrasing just a, just a tad. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Grand Leash coming up. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray Unleashed, Triple Eight, 933 uh, You might remember uh, Steve Deese. We talked to him on Glenn Show uh, multiple times. He was outspoken, one of the few who were outspoken uh, during the Trump campaign about Donald Trump. Or like two of us, right? Maybe three. Uh, but <laughs> rounding up, rounding up. Or yeah, uh, Steve, welcome. Uh, appreciate you coming on the blaze here with us. Hey, Pat, how are you? Doing well. Um, you had a really nice tweet storm uh, that we wanted to talk to you about a couple of days ago in the wake of the uh, Virginia New Jersey elections. Um, tell us why you don't believe that's a big sign of. What's to come in 2018 or 2020? I think it could be, but not for the reasons a lot of people are guessing or articulating. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, we just got past Halloween. So let me make a, you know, a scary reference here. What, what, what Trump is, is a Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley novel. You know, people think when they see the title Frankenstein, we, all, we always think Boris Karloff's monster is, yeah. is, the, is the story's lead. He is not. Dr. Frankenstein is who the story is about, okay? Right. The monster is the symptom of his fall from grace, and that's exactly what's happened in the Republican Party. We have too many people who, because Trump is good clickbait, on both sides want to make everything about pro-Trump or against Trump. Trump is a symptom, and Pat, Dr. Frankenstein always ends up hating the monster he created. Right. People turn to Trump because they got frustrated with Republicans like Ed Gillespie, they got tired of being called racist, bigot, misogynistic homophobes like that Latino victory fun ad that ran last week yep. in Virginia and watching most Republicans just punt or run away or virtue signal for the media. And so they turned to Trump, who understood how to cynically use these cultural wedge issues to his own advantage. And so because of that, now you have this toxic brew in the Republican Party. Sure do. Uh, you, have a, you have a president who, whose persona, even for people who voted for him, is grading and alienating. And then you have a party that simply cannot govern. It's not that it won't govern. It can't. 
There's too many people with different beliefs and value systems that came together because they just don't like Democrats. And then when the dog catches the car, Pat, and they have to govern, they can't do it. They, they, they can't figure out how to defund Planned Parenthood and not defund adoption, for example. Okay, They can't do this on any level at all. And so there's inertia. It's like a, it's like a knee, Pat, with no cartilage. It's just bone on bone friction all the time. And that's why they could be doomed in 2018. It goes far beyond just Trump's Twitter account annoys everybody. All great analogies and, and exactly on point. I, it's so bizarre to me that the, they're tr- that the media is trying to make this some sort of referendum on Trump. Well, no, it's a referendum, referendum on the Republican Party. They haven't done mm-hmm. anything we wanted them to do. They couldn't appeal, uh, repeal Obamacare. They can't get the tax cuts uh, done. They, they're completely inept. Well, and let's get, look at the tax issue. So, you, know, you guys are down there in a beautiful facility there in a posh suburb of Dallas and Arlington. Okay, mm-hmm. so I've seen I've seen some studies that show uh, families making two to three hundred thousand dollars a year. When it's all said and done, either we'll see no relief or their taxes could go up. Yeah. Where do most of those people live? In suburbs like Arlington, in suburbs like West Des Moines, where I live here in Central Iowa. Well, where, where is the control of the House of Representatives going to be decided? In those districts, Trump will turn out the rural ones. The Democrats will turn out the urban ones. The suburban and exurban districts are going to decide this. And that's, where, that's, the, that's the demographic to worry about in Virginia. It's not the Democrats taking control of the House of Delegates in the state they've been trending in. It's the fact that Trump got annihilated among college-educated whites in Virginia suburbs, and we saw that he was very soft with college-educated whites in 2016, but he didn't lose them like the exit polling or the pre-election polling was forecasting, but his support was softer than previous Republicans. Well, if they lose those people, um, it's good. a lot of the reason is not going to be because Trump tweets like a nine-year-old at 5 a.m. on the throne. It's going to be because they didn't save them from their Obamacare premium skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. They didn't cut their taxes but actually raise them. And, you know, if the Democratic Party, Pat, if they can't win on a, on a message of Republicans cut taxes on corporations but, but abandon orphans, if they can't win on that, then that party should just cease to exist manana. That's for sure. You know, frankly, both parties should because it used to be Amen. that, I, I'm in on that. I, I considered myself a Republican because Republicans supposedly adhered to a set of principles and values. And they don't anymore there there are and we that was proven all during the election cycle but it's it's evident now as they as they don't govern that they have no principles and they have no values i'm hard pressed to figure out why anyone has any loyalty to the republican party well you know i'm reminded of what uh, the late great woody hayes used to say about the forward past three things can happen and two of them are bad you Mm -hmm. know i mean Mm-hmm. And so when I start stacking up reasons about why anyone is, remains loyal to the Republican Party, I guess that I could come up with three and two of them aren't really good ones, you know, and, <laughs> yes. and, 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 you know, the one good one is probably in and of itself not a good one, but understandable. And that is fear. You know, what we are watching right now is the Democratic Party has moved so far out of the cultural mainstream of any political party in American history. They are essentially cultural Marxists. And so when a lot of our a lot of our people look at the way they reacted to the Texas shooting down there in San Antonio, for example, literally mocking those who were praying for their uh, brethren in the faith who had experienced this great Mm -hmm. tragedy. And when they see that, they're like, I don't care how bad the Republicans are. 
we can't give control of the country to those people. And I understand that sentiment. But I do too. the problem we have with that going forward is this was probably the last election where we had enough demographics to, to win a national election that way. And the way that the Republicans did it is four states by a combined 78,000 votes total. You'll never be able to pull that off ever again. At some point, you actually have to start adding people to the fold. You have to start winning arguments, changing hearts and minds. And the Republican Party, and frankly, most of the conservative movement, has been much more interested in donations and conferences Mm. and book sales and the arena of ideas for a long time now. Uh, Steve, why is it, do you think, that the Republican Party, those in power, those in office, are so bad at articulating any of these principles, anything, anything conservative, all of the, uh, the Democrats, all, all they have to do is start yelling epithets at them and, and they fold. Um, and I just don't understand why none of these guys can defend positions on capitalism, on uh, giving tax breaks to wealthy people and all people. How do you, how do you get them to define this argument in a way where they can win it? You know, this is where being a parent, I I didn't really have the answer to this until I became a parent, because I would wonder this for years as well. And as my kids have gotten older, here's what I've learned from them. They have taught me. You can't ask people to do what they don't know or they don't believe. Mm. And in the end, you know, the, the reason why Ted Cruz and, you know, he's not perfect. Nobody is. But the reason why he keeps going back on CNN to do three hour debates is he really believes this stuff. Okay. yes. yes. Um, Most of these people that we have elected. Since we had no standard then, better than Hillary, anybody but Obama, all there are, there are, there, there are, there may be bad Republicans, but there are no good Democrats, as Ann Coulter used to say. Since our standard has only been a, re, a negative reaction to that which we are against, we don't really have the champions to advance what we are actually for. We are asking a lot of small p progressives. You know, there's capital P progressives in the Democratic Party. You have small p progressives in the Republican Party. Teddy mm-hmm. Roosevelt types. They've got Woodrow Wilson types, the Republicans of the Teddy Roosevelt types, and they're corporatists. They're corporatist overlords. They're on K Street. I mean, if you really wanted to punish John Boehner, Pat, you should have left him as speaker. He's got, he's, got his, he's got a Joel Osteen best life now going right now, brother. He's making more money than he was making as speaker, but this time it's over the table. And he still gets to go in the media anytime he wants and blast conservatives. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's where we're at. We have no leverage over these people anymore, and we keep electing people that don't agree with us. Because the Democrats make it uh, very well known that they even agree with us even less. And that's why we seem to lose elections no matter who wins. Where are you on the Convention of States? I understand the concerns with it. I'm at the point, though, you know, I I make a lot of sports analogies because that's my background. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't call for a Hail Mary pass if there was five minutes left in the third quarter. So it depends on where you think we're at in the game. I happen to think we are, if we're not at the two-minute warning here, we are rapidly pretty close. We yeah, may, yeah we, we don't have too many possessions left. We could do this conventionally. Yeah. And so that's the moment when you throw a Hail Mary pass. And that's how I view the convention of states. Yeah, me too. And I, I think a really important amendment to the Constitution might be to get all of our representatives out of Washington and make them legislate from their own district. You could easily pull that off through the Internet and through conferencing now. There's no reason for their constituents not to have access to them all the time. I, I think that would go along term limits and, and having them legislate from their own district. 
uh, where they're around their constituents every single day. I think those are the two things we could do that might affect the most change. I, you know, I, I think people cannot underestimate what you just said. And having been to D.C. more times than I would like because of what I do for a living in the last few years, you really don't understand how insulated it is. It really is District 1 from Hunger Games. It, yeah, it, it is. is. It is. It is. A, it's its own it unique is. subculture. It's its own unique climate. They literally operate in a non they, – they, they operate in a pre-Copernican universe. They believe mm. we are all revolving around them as opposed to the other way around. And you just really don't understand that until you spend time there and see how they feed off each other and feast off each other. Um, and I think there's a lot to it. Here's one change I've often said. And, you know, listen, I'm a pro-life warrior. But if I was offered the chance, if Almighty God said, if you could make your government change one thing, what would it be? Well, what I would actually do is I would end paycheck withholding. I'd make people have to write that check that they end up turning around and giving to entities like Planned Parenthood. People yeah. don't even look at the gross of their check anymore. They have no idea how much they're truly being robbed. Make them actually write that check. Boy, if you want to change the nature of the consent of the government to the government, yeah. mm-hmm. that'll change it real quick, Pat. Oh, I love that idea, too. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, but, you know, any kind of revolutionary idea, they're just immediately rejected out of hand in Washington. They just, you know, yeah. it's like Ted Cruz when he came out with, the, with his tax plan. I thought that was absolute genius. And I, how, how do you... Not as a Republican, as a conservative, respond to that and say, that's exactly what we need. And people didn't. They didn't. It was just like, eh, uh, uh, no thanks. I think if, if people in, our, in your audience, if you want a handy tool to know, is, is, is my Republican a progressive or not? Find out what they are willing to do to decentralize and deconsolidate power. The number one premise of progressivism is control. It, it's, it's, it's why they did Obamacare instead of a massive Medicaid expansion alone for the quote-unquote uninsured, because if they just would have filled the coffers nationally at Medicaid with more uninsured people, they wouldn't have the control over the system that Obamacare gave them. Progressivism's ultimate endgame across the board is control. So no matter what your Republican says in a speech, in the end, find out, does he really support things that take power away from Washington and return it back to the states or to the people. And that's how you're good. That's your real litmus test on if they're a progressive or not. Appreciate it, Steve. Uh, great as always. Uh, uh, how do people reach you if they want to see more, hear more, learn more? SteveDace.com, is that the p- best place? Yep, you can go there. You okay. can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Now, Dace is not spelled, however, the way you would expect it. It's maybe no, you, but, you, you know, might want to look into that. <laughs> the problem is half the family actually pronounces it D, so I could be the one pronouncing it wrong. Oh, oh. oh. now we get to the real the issue. The truth That's is revealed. I, I, I used to get really militant about correcting people when they said D, and then when I yeah. learned I might be wrong, I just gave it up. <laughs> All right, Steve, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again. All right, thanks, it, it, It's uh, com. That's D, Steve, the way it's always spelled, and then D-E-A-C-E, D-E-A-C-E. All right. If you'd like to be prepared for any eventuality, um, whether it's weather related or terrorism related or, you know, maybe just the, the cell phone towers have gone down for a while. Go Tena Mesh is a fantastic solution. Go Tena Mesh powers the first 100 percent off grid mobile long range consumer ready mesh network, which means you can send texts and GPS locations without cell towers or routers 
or satellites. So if you're an outdoor enthusiast, this is perfect. If you're uh, an avid traveler, this is perfect. Or if you're somebody who just wants to be prepared, this is really perfect. When you think about everything that's gone wrong, you always want to be prepared with something like this so you can communicate with your family. And right now, when you go to GoTenna.com, that's G-O-T-E-N-N-A.com, use the promo code PAT15, get 15% off your order of two, four, or eight packs. Don't wait until you need it before you act. Go to GoTenna.com right now, save 15% with the promo code PAT15. That's GoTenna.com. As we uh, are joined by Brad Staggs to talk about earwax. <laughs> well, you know, favorite, I was I was just thing. I was coming by just to tell you, quite frankly, Pat, that I think mm-hmm. that our our relationship has grown, has deepened because oh. we spend time together and we, we bond talk, over. We talk about difficult earwax. things, right? Yes, difficult. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be doesn't earwax, have to be. Right. right? We just talk <laughs> about difficult things, and that's what it takes sure. to have stronger bonds with people. Mm-hmm. Now, in this case, I, you know, it is earwax, but, you know, I just think that that's a good thing that if people would actually talk about the tough stuff. Well, when you guys talked about it, what was the icebreaker to get into just discussing it just randomly? Well, I looked at Pat and I said, how's your earwax? <laughs> I'm not believing being directed that to me because nobody's ever asked right. awkward, inquired right? about my ear. Yeah, How exactly. did you feel? Were you I cared. Or? I mean, people have asked about my foot fungus, right? Uh, right. Toe jam, and but they've what, never asked about my ear. Wax. I didn't want to be like everybody so. else. And then I suggested <laughs> that you know that he try the Wax RX. If he just would go to usewaxrx.com, try the three uh, part system: the the ear softening or the earwax softening drops, the specially designed spray bottle that gets the right amount of water and the right pressure and then what happens after that and then that ph conditioning rinse that leaves your ears so soft and so supple supple thank Mm. you i mean how often during the day do you get to use the word supple Mm -hmm. and again that's another one of those bonding words sure i'm gonna let you guys talk privately when i'm done here so look if you want to have a stronger relationship as pat and i now do Mm -hmm. and you want to be able to hear Mm -hmm. you want to be able to get that ringing out of your ears that tinnitus that Mm. itching Go to usewaxrx.com and use promo code radio, and they'll even throw in free shipping. Usewaxrx.com. You're listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Talk to somebody who has seen Buck's Freedom Hut. I I want to know how big it is. He's in it every night. Okay. Is it is it large? I don't know. Is it man. spacious? How many bedrooms are in the Freedom Hut? We'll put the call out. All right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It is Pat Gray. Uh, we were talking a few minutes ago about the TSA and how eighty uh, percent. We're speculating a little bit because ABC asked him for a number and they they wouldn't give it. Uh, from Homeland Security, but they they said, well, is it around 80? And mm. they said, yes, you're in the ballpark. 80% fail rate by the 80% TSA. fail rate. Your government at work. That means they're smuggling weapons of some kind or explosive material or, you know, equipment failed when they went through it. Or shampoo those bottles or, you yeah. know, those deadly things. 
I mean, you don't know uh, hmm. how many people might get shampooed if you allowed one of those bottles to get through security. Right. You, fortunately, when they find them, they throw them away. Yeah. It's just sure they not do. enough have been found. And so there have been a lot of people who've gotten shampooed. You know what? I bet there isn't a TSA agent in the sound of my voice that hasn't has to go to Walmart anymore. They just yeah, go home true. with everything that we take through mm. there and gets confiscated. Worst thing I ever had confiscated. I wasn't even thinking about it. And I we, I was in Salt Lake City visiting family. And we went to a place called Leatherby's, which is maybe the greatest ice cream venue mm. on this planet. And they sell this really good uh, caramel sauce. Mm. And I had this huge, and it's not cheap. It was like I right? know, $830 yeah. for a jar of caramel. Hey, whoa. Yeah. Inflation it's, I mean, is it's ridiculous. Not cheap. <laughs> so... I'm at the airport, and they find my caramel sauce. I'm like, it's car- taste it. It's caramel sauce. <laughs> nope. Uh, threw it away. Well, they threw it away! Uh, my uh, $836 jar of caramel sauce. Oh, it's just already gone. gone up in price from when you gone. first told the story. So imagine how much I hate the TSA. Mark what? in Massachusetts. You're on the blaze. Hi. Good afternoon, brother love. Hey. Um, you had asked a few minutes ago about uh, what they do in Israel. Well, my biggest client actually has an office in Israel, and I know two dozen guys or more who've been to Tel Aviv multiple times. And it's really simple. They just engage you and ask completely normal, everyday questions. Right. And they'll say, hey, so what brings you to Israel? And, you know, my, my friend will say, oh, well, I work for a software company, Cambridge Mass. We have a major office here, and I'm just coming to um, meet with some of the guys. Okay, great. And because my friend is a director of engineering who looks like he got sent from central casting, mm-hmm. answers in a perfectly normal, uh, non-suspicious way, and he goes about his business. And, and these guys tell me that on average, Pat, they go from the sidewalk to inside the terminal 25 minutes uh, on average, but it's the guy who looks sketchy, who looks like he's telling a story or appears a little nervous. Yeah. Say, oh, sir, we had a couple follow-up questions for you. Would you mind just coming over here? Boom, and they're on to the next guy. It's really simple. Yes. And, 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 yes. Of course, the liberals are horrified over the fact that part of their their you know calculus is based on profiling. Profiling. You bet because, it is. Yeah, be, because, you know, a friend might be a bespectacled, you know, nerdy-looking nerdy, nerdy looking white man from, you know, from Somerville, Mass., yeah. and looks the part. You know, he doesn't appear suspicious because he doesn't act suspiciously. Right. But if you've got a 26-year-old, you know, Middle Eastern guy who appears to be nervous and appears he's telling some kind of rehearsed story, he's just going to get additional questioning, and, every, and everyone goes on about their business. It's no yeah. more complicated than that. I, I it's not. It's amazing, it, and it actually works. And I think it's a fairly quick process, right? I mean, you don't spend all day talking to them, but th- oh, you oh, spend Pat, enough that, time that, that they're a, comfortable with you. Exactly right. And, yeah. and, and it consist, it's not like it was one guy who told me a story. But one time, I'm talking about dozens of guys who've been multiple times. Right. And and, and guys have independently said that 20, 25 minutes from sidewalk inside the terminal. It's amazing. Every single time. And it works. It's worked for them. Completely. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. They won't consider that here, though. They yeah. just won't. They'd rather do random. Uh, they'd rather do inoffensive. They don't want to excite any group of people. Hmm. Well, there is a group of people, though, that has told us. Huh. We're trying to do this again.
We want to kill all of you. Right. No, they've got a very effective program. Uh, I think about seven or eight years ago, uh, the family and I went to uh, Disney World. So we were down in Orlando. We flew out of Tampa. Get to the Tampa airport, and they confiscate this little uh, Christmas ornament, little snow globe, that was literally no more than three inches high because of the liquid that was in the snow globe. Oh, you know, yeah. it's going to gonna bring down a jumbo jet. Is there more than three ounces? Right? It was very little. It was... It, wow. it, so I don't know. Right around there. <laughs> okay, so... Um, at the same exact point in time, at the Atlanta airport, my stepdad is going through security, shows the TSA agents his wine bottle opener with the corkscrew. They wave him through. So at this mm. same point in time, the federal government was stopping the the snow globe princess Disney ornament from going through, but say, no, oh, the corkscrew thing? Yeah, you could stab someone? No, that's cool. Come on. I know. It's just ridiculous. That's why this thing doesn't make any sense. And that's why I don't feel like so many of the lemmings do. Oh, this is just for our safety. No, it's not. Hmm. No, it's, it's for their political correctness. It's to make them feel good, not not us. It, it, it's just to inconvenience us and be intrusive in our lives and uh, and make us go through what they want us to go through. Drives me out of my mind. Yeah. But again, the Israelis have the answer. And we won't. We don't even consider that. They, no, nobody is ever saying, "Well, let's uh, let's have some Israelis come over here and train our TSA on how they do this because they do it better than anybody else in the world." And for some reason, we we don't want that. No, we confiscate snow globes. Yes, so and jars of delicious right. caramel sauce. How much did that caramel sauce cost you again? Eight hundred and thirty-six dollars a jar. Eight thirty-six. How big of a jar was a jar. it again? Uh, Twelve ounces, maybe. Wow. That's a lot per ounce. Quick Do the math. math. Yeah. I don't know what it is. No, but it's the, a, it's the quick a lot. math is it's a lot yeah. per ounce. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed. Oh, and Jeffy chewing the fat coming up. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. So is Jeffy. For a second, we, we like to call Chewing the Fat. <laughs> hey, Brolo. How are you? No, I'm good. Thank good you. Good to for, see you. Thank you for realizing my new name. Oh, mm-hmm. please. I recognize. Yeah. All right. You know, I'm a little concerned that uh, you would spend uh, so much money on a jar of caramel. Are you? It's delicious. So it is just a jar of <laughs> You think $836 it's a is little, a little excessive? Pricey. a little pricey. I mean, it might, I don't know how big the jar was. It was about 12 ounces. That's a little pricey. A little pricey. <laughs> That's a little now you pricey. tell me. Jeez. I mean, that was, <laughs> the TSA was doing you a favor. But I mean, it's good caramel sauce, so I thought, 
Well, okay. Seems like a I mean, I'm here. Decent right? price. All right. I'm here. How much? Eight thirty-two. What are you going to say? No, you're <laughs> no, at the counter. I'm going to no, buy you're it. You're going to buy it. I'm of course, buy you're going to buy it. This is the case for TSA. We talked about it the other day. Is just go through the scanners, right? We all just go through the scanners. Not fly naked, although whatever. Take your clothes off and be naked. And they get mad at people that do that now. They do. They show up and take off their clothes. You know, and say, oh, just be naked. Oh, there. Uh, yeah, there was a story. There's several. Yeah, there's several people that have done it. Uh, that go through and they get, you know, they get pissed. But really, they're making mm. the point for them. Right. You know, here you go. Yes. Leave me alone. Right. I'm fine. I don't want you touching me. Muhammad Atta's over there. Right. I got nothing. Right. Of course, if you say that, of course, then you're a racist. Oh, you're, you're going hater. down. You're, yeah, you're going down yeah. big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't be saying that. No. And if you even make, I mean, they, the problem is, is that they, the people that they hire have a sense of humor is this empty glass sitting on the end of this counter here. Because mm-hmm. you can't really make little jokes. No, you can't. I mean, not, not with the TSA. Not, not that I've attempted. Mm-hmm. But they frowned upon it. Yes, they do. They frowned upon it very much. Yeah. Especially when they were getting their gloves on and they're looking for their bomb powder on you and they're rubbing you down. <laughs> bomb and, uh-huh. and it's, you know, you make you may make some snide comment and then it's, oh, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? Well, they I can mean, arrest you if you make any, I mean, any terrorist kind of. Yeah, yeah, no, no I'm not making that. But, joke. you know, I remember, I remember, uh, Walking through a small airport as a kid, saying something about a bomb, and I wasn't, and I was just a kid walking through the airport, and I remember mm-hmm. saying something about a bomb, and I remember a security guy coming up to me, I remember it to this day, and he stopped me in the middle of the airport and just went, you know I could have you arrested and held here for three days. Ugh. And, Shut and, up, Paul Blart. No, but the thing is, is that I, I, I you stop making bomb jokes, you know, it was, it was, it was uh-huh. I don't remember what we were talking about, mm-hmm. but I just remember he made the point, he didn't arrest me. Mm-hmm. Didn't tackle me. Didn't drag me into a cell. Yeah. Just made the point. But that was prior to 9-11, I suppose, if you were. Well, like, yeah. I mean, the Wright brothers had just started right. putting planes at, in right. the airport at the yeah. time. Yeah. So it was okay. a while ago. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> did you, I just want, I love this story just for the headline. So NASA wants to probe deeper into Uranus than ever before. <laughs> And one of the things that it might be investigating is all that gas. So we'll just leave it at that. Is that really the headline? (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. But they want to fly by. They want these flybys. They've got Uranus and they've got, they're talking about 2030s. Mm -hmm. Just to take off to get there. I mean, come on. I know. It's a long way. Right? Is it a billion and a half, something like that? Mm. One and a half billion? Yeah, what else might so in the they science. find around the planet there, you know? Around they, Uranus? Yeah, what else might they find there? Uh, Klingons. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Why would they Klingons. find Klingons? Because they cling to Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, that's, maybe that's one of the reasons that they want to probe deeper into Uranus than ever before. It the, might be. I don't know. Great home room. I don't, I don't know. Possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we've done all the junior high jokes we possibly No, we can. have not done all of them. No, but we, we shan't be doing any more. What else you got? Hey, what the heck is going on in Helena, Montana? The mean streets uh, of Helena, Montana. Yeah. What happened? Uh, your town, my mm-hmm, man, mm-hmm. Uh, has unseated the mayor of 16 years really? on Tuesday. Yes. Why? Uh, because Wilmot Collins... Uh, from Liberia, 
refugee mm-hmm. uh, is now the and the first black mayor in Montana's history. Really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, and he, this mayor, won by saying this country is still not what Mr. Trump wants it to be. His progressive message in Helena, Montana. Amazing. That doesn't sound like a progressive message. It, it's not what Mr. Trump wants it to be. Yeah. So he's he's I mean, he's against Trump for sure. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Big time. And he's uh, he's part of the, you know, they had in 2016 governor's race when the Missoula mayor, uh, and they wanted all the refugees to come to Missoula and everything. He was a big push for that. Really? So Montana's uh, apparently uh Well, Helena, home to, home Helena to, is it's more progressive because it's the capital, and they're all government employees. And so they drink the... Uh, they drink the water. They drink the juice. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're drinking the Kool-Aid. So, wow, a black mayor... In Helena, Montana, from Africa. Yeah, he's been well. He's been here for twenty years. You know, or so. when I lived in Helena, uh, there were there was one black family in the entire town. One black family. Wow. I think there were six people. That <laughs> that was the entire African American population there. in in the city limits. I mean, or yeah, in the surrounding that, area in the general the population. It's pretty known. There was I mean, one family. Wow. Yeah, that's probably more than that now. I would think. I'm right? guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing. I would think that's the case. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They might not necessarily be Americans. Uh, but you know. he must be a citizen. No, now, he right? is. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah I mean, He's been he here for be. 20, 23 years or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. But they're you know he's big on bringing in uh, uh, the refugees. Is he uh, into Helena hmm. and into Montana alone? So hmm. have at it. Yeah. Good luck. Have at it. Good luck with that. Good luck. God bless. I mean, yeah. I don't think that he's lived there for 23 years. You'd think he'd know how dangerous the mean streets of Helena, Montana <laughs> yes, are. Yes, you would think. You'd think he would know that. Those poor refugees don't know what they're getting I, into. That's what I'm there. saying. We're <laughs> sending them into a war zone. That's they probably, don't even know it. Probably what he ran on was to clean them up. Clean up those mean streets. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Straight <laughs> out of the mean streets, baby. Oh, yeah. So in Manhattan, Somebody, Kansas, somebody did a meme uh, mm-hmm. with me, my picture, and in one of those uh, like NW, NWA baseball caps, <laughs> <laughs> instead of straight out of Compton, yeah, which was straight a great out movie, of the Main the Streets of Helena. I really enjoyed Straight Out of Compton. By you way. actually saw it? Yeah, it was a great movie. Really? Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed. Oh my gosh, it was put on film. Of course, he no the movies. The movies and I have have questionable relationship. It's if it's on television. TV and I have a love affair. Okay, but I had, but I did see uh, Straight Out of Compton. Yes, it was uh, nominated, and I have a. I have a in with people that get uh, the the movies. There's people if you're part of the uh, the academy, the the academy that picks the movies for the awards. Mm-hmm. They send you the free copies of the movies. Oh yeah, that that's are, right. Yes. And uh, so I was able to view that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Which was you know it was nice to let me view it. Mm-hmm. And it was a good movie. It's a good part. So man, what the heck? What's wrong, man? Oh, you've got uh, limp mic syndrome over there. It looks like. <laughs> got to work on that. Bill, hmm? you could take for that now. So <laughs> yeah, do we need to call the new insurance? I have to wait till after January. <laughs> yeah. man- <laughs> Manhattan, Kansas, man. Uh, we heard the story about uh, the man who uh, vandalized uh, his car, and they called the police department. It was all responsible for a racist graffiti all over the car. 
and then it was came to our attention that uh, oh wait, um, the racist uh, material on the car well, was put there by the owner, uh, Dontarius Williams. Every time, a uh, twenty-one year old Manhattan man. Almost every time you hear about oh. this story, and then all the outrage, and then it turns out to be the victim hey. who victimized themselves. Just like that. Oh man, it's my fault. And, and they're not charging the guy. Criminal charges against him. Uh, look, it wouldn't be in the interest of the citizens. Pisses me off. Uh, look, generally, he's, he was, listen, Pat, mm-hmm. where you get so wound up. Mm-hmm. All right. He was genuinely remorseful. So? And expressed sincere regret mm-hmm. that his actions had resulted in the negative media attention that resulted. So yeah. you want to back off? No, I don't. Okay. You want to calm don't. the hell down? Guy should be charged with a crime because you've, you've oh my created gosh, racial yes. tension even and, and, you filed a false re- police report. You've encouraged others to do this, and it, you've got to be made an example. I will say that the the, the campus uh, black student union uh, b- released a statement saying we believe the criminal charges should be filed, and this would be in the best interest of the Manhattan community. Uh, and the and uh, then of course they throw in. Uh, the fact that an African-American man committed this act uh, should not undermine the effect of the K-State students. The conduct of Mr. Williams does not negate the current racist and discriminatory actions that continue to occur on campus and in our community, state, and nation. So it's okay. I mean, so listen, we want him. We want him. Mm-hmm. We, you need to prosecute him, but mm-hmm. uh, just because he's a black guy doesn't mean that we're still not. Uh, we're still not. Uh, we're not being, being persecuted. Yeah, we're not. Oppressed. Because we are being persecuted. Absolutely. Yeah, in Manhattan, on campus, in the country, in the state. Everything. It's amazing. It yeah. truly is amazing. All right, so uh, Waymos, a company that uh, has uh, been putting uh, test cars on the roads, are now putting the uh, driverless cars on the road in uh, Arizona. And, uh, I mean, it's amazing that they're doing it on public roads without drivers. We've got them out there right now as we speak. Now, their company has having their employees sit in the back seat still for the test drive around the community. But uh, they are ready to expand the driverless test geographically around the country. We've got uh, we've got big things happening in the driverless cars. I'm all for it. I'm ready to have a car to sit in, take me where I want to go. You watch Let's more go. Netflix shows while you're getting driven around, right? Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Now, yesterday, uh, we had the big uh, the big gathering in uh, Las Vegas, uh, Nevada, because city officials are unveiling uh, the ceremony for their first uh, driverless bus. It's going to drive people up and down uh, part of the strip. Yay! Yay! Come on, you people. We're gonna ride the bus. We're gonna donate to the victims. If you, the dollar to your cost goes to the victims of the the shooting. And uh, two hours into the ride, uh, it was in a crash. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was smashed. Yeah, uh, I got hit by a semi. <laughs> smashed. Was it semi. the semi's fault? Yes, of course. Of course. Of course it was. Even if it wasn't, if you're the bus, uh, semi's fault. Semi's fault. But it was the semi's fault. They, I saw the news report, and the one lady on the news report was like. We just wanted to be able to back up. You know, the the bus did what it's programmed to do, stop. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it didn't back up. It was like, it looks like there's going to be trouble. I'm going to stop. And it did. And there was trouble, right. If yeah. it had backed up, it would have avoided the trouble, though. Mm-hmm. Because the, uh, so I mean, the semi-driver was at fault, but there wouldn't have been an accident had the bus backed up some. Because the lady said we were there, and the you know the truck was backing up, and it was like we we're stopped, and it was like, well, this looks like we're going to get hit. Just back up. It looks like we're gonna just going to get hit. Back up. We're just like we're just going <laughs> to crash. <laughs> so I mean, there's still that issue of uh, maybe the bus being told uh, 
Yeah, you can back up if you have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we program that in the system. That'd be kind of a nice idea, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, I mean, they're out there. We've got, and we have, uh, we have. Let alone, which is really cool. Fifty some days after the first of the year, what's going to be happening is uh, the U.S. Department of Transportation. It's going to partner with five cities, and I believe uh, Dallas Fort Worth is in the running for uh, applications around the country. So they're going to work with a program that's going to help drone deliveries. But drones in the skies. From Amazon? Five, well, there's five cities, and the government's going to uh, start testing uh, testing with the uh, DOT and how to traffic, F- FAA, get them in the cities, and they're going to start testing it. So hmm. instead of just letting the... Okay, go ahead and deliver. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, God bless. I mean, it'd be amazing here in, in DFW because... Uh, I don't know that I don't know what how high would they have to fly or how low would they have to fly to avoid the the airline traffic at DFW. I mean, DFW has them rode up two landing strips and three or four deep all day long. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the interstate that we drive every day, mm-hmm. uh, Highway 114, we drive I mean they're they're landing over that interstate every day and you look in the sky and they're three or four Almost deep. Always a bunch. Two two and then, well, there's more than two landing strips. There's three or four that others land on, the FedEx planes and some of the private planes. But the commercial airliners are two landing strips, mm-hmm. two and three deep in the sky, man. Yeah. Like, all day that long. that airport that you talk about the air traffic and flying too low or what have you, that, that dissects straight through the middle the uh, metro area of yeah. Dallas Fort Worth. I mean that would block, you know, that'd be, you'd have to fly your little drone around. I mean, that I know. could be a problem here. It could be a serious problem, but I'm all for it. Cuz I mean, if you want to I mean, do you think that the one day delivery from Amazon is nice? Yeah. How about the How about uh, 15 minutes from now? Thank you. Yeah. Boom. Be great. <laughs> the box in the backyard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I'm all ready for that. That would be great. And I thought I was ready to be chipped. But I'm very disappointed now because now the latest stories are talking about the microchips are only, they don't store enough data. Really? They're only putting the chips that they're chipping people with, that they're testing with companies and they're testing at um, um, big events. Like if, the, if you're part of a week-long event, mm-hmm. you can get chipped and then that'll get you into the room and that'll get you into the different parties and that'll get you into the different things. But this, they're saying that the the chips are too small and aren't big enough and aren't strong enough for the data that you would need to shop. Really, you know that's why that's why they're still using their phone for that, right? For the apps on their phone and stuff mm-hmm. because the you and go in because boom. you you want to get the chip inside your wrist I mean, or why your why not? Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's go get it over with. All right, yeah. I want to go to the. I don't want to stop, stop carrying stuff. You want the mark of the beast places. right now? Get to it. Right? It's convenient. Pat. You're gonna accept not it. the mark of the beast. You're gonna it's accept just a it one day anyway, so I can go shopping. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't have to have a card. I don't have to worry sure. about it. All right. Good for yes, you. Yes, I want it. Boop. I'm done. Okay, here you go. Good. Well, I'm glad you're ready for that. But apparently, the technology is not quite ready no, for I'm you. Very you know. Very besides, to get out through all that blubber, how strong would that thing have to be? You know what I mean? But the chip is in your hand. How's your armadillo doing these days, the anyway? Chip, the chip is in the hand. Hmm? There's a, in the... Do you know about the armadillo battle between us? I mean, it is uh, a battle royale. I, I mean, pass... I don't think it's a battle. I'm winning, right? No, I mean, it's clearly I I'm winning. I passed you last night. 
You, uh, what, what's it say right now? You passed me this morning. Okay. I need to pass you again. Uh, so please go to mercuryone.org slash m1ball and place your donation that's with a, my armadillo. That's what I've been saying, with my armadillo. With it's simple. my armadillo. That's what I've been saying. Boys. Okay. The pack ray armadillo is there ready for your donation so that I could pass Jeff. I don't know how he's rigging this thing. I don't know how it's rigging. possible. But he, uh, it's me and Jeff and I are they know almost in the league. They know the money is for the kids and I care about the kids. Doc is in there at third. Do you? Followed by Brad. No, followed by Stu, then Brad, mm-hmm. and then Glenn. So uh, donate to my arm, armadillo and uh, Jeffy, we'll see you later. Oh, I know, but I, Thanks for. Uh, I mean, just because you're mad about the armadillo, you don't get rid no, of it. Mine's passing you now. 888-933-93. Got to tell you about uh, filterby.com. This is a fantastic service. First of all, the air inside our homes is a lot more polluted than the air outside. And one of the things that contributes to that is your dirty air filter. So replace it with filterby.com. You don't even have to go anywhere to do this. They'll send you the size you need within 24 hours and it's shipped free. It's such a great deal. Filterby uses double the industry standard, so it removes all the pollen and mold and dust you need it to, and all the allergy aggravating pollution. The only thing that's easier than changing your air filter is forgetting to buy more of them. So you can set up convenient auto delivery, and when it's you know six months or a year, whatever it is, how long, however long these last, they just come to your home automatically. Sweet as that, and you save five percent. You don't have to worry about it. Go to filterby.com. Filterby manufactures everything right here. Great American company that builds their product here in America. Filterby.com. Get the best price on top quality filters shipped free within 24 hours. That's filterby.com. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Blaze Radio Network at theblaze.com slash radio. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. Eh, the worst, worthless Republicans are uh, yeah. considering pushing this tax cut down the road. Let's call it what it is. And many, or at least in one instance, it's a tax increase and probably several others through fees. For millions of Americans, it will be a tax increase. That is true. Uh, and I can't believe it. It's I, I should because the Republicans have been v- bad for quite a while. But I mean, this is... This is bad to the hundredth power. They're they're in the majority, and they're still not capable of doing a real across the board significant tax cut for American citizens. Pathetic, totally. Because they can't defend themselves when the Democrats uh, yell that they're you know they do their usual class warfare thing. I just giving a tax cut to the wealthiest American. First of all, they're not. They didn't lower the rate for the uh, for millionaires and billionaires. They didn't 
lower that rate. But they did raise the rate on people who make 260000 plus, up to about 418 I think the divide is. So that rate goes from 32 to 35%. That, that's a tax increase for an awful lot of people. Yep. Not the richest Americans. Certainly, you know, doing well. But since when is that a sin? Since when should that be punished? Well, since Marxism took over in the United States of America. And we don't have anybody, anybody with the giblets to stand up and say, no, we're going to give a tax cut across the board. It's not, this is not for the wealthiest Americans. It's for all Americans. Ted, it's so bad that Ted Cruz is against the House plan. Uh, they want to restrict state and local tax deductions. He said it's uh, unfair. There are some taxpayers who are losing exemptions, particularly in some high tax states like New York and California, that could conceivably be paying higher taxes. I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I do too, Ted. Thank you. I think tax reform needs to cut taxes for everybody. This guy could have been president of the United States. I don't know if you're aware of that. It, it, there was a chance at some point Wait. where you could have said, yeah, I'm going to vote over Ted Cruz. He ran? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you did. So we did have a chance. You did have a chance. Good grief. Hmm. Hmm. We let that one go by. Opportunity lost. And that may not come back again. I don't know. You know, it's like with uh, Rick Santorum. He came so close, but he finished second in in the Republican race. And then everybody's just done with him. And I think that would be the case with Ted now. I, I don't know. I Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like... His opportunity is passed. Well, you got to put somebody strong up against The Rock and against Kanye because it's going to be a, a Tom one. Hanks. Uh, Tom Hanks is going to be in there. So. Will Brother Love run? Do we have any? Is it going to be Puff Diddy, P Daddy, uh-huh. Brother Love now? Maybe uh-huh. him too. I don't know. Why don't you run, Pat? Uh, it's possible. We'll see. You going to run? Well, can we start the, a movement under the moniker that my new one, which is. Brother Love Pat BLP. or BLP. I just want to write. We'll see then. I mean, yeah. we have such short attention spans. We just want BLP on the ballot, please. Anyway, if they could possibly lower these taxes significantly, it would spur the economy. And you could tell the Democrats to shove it because tax cuts work. But they won't do it because they don't have the courage of their conviction. 888 More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you for being here as well. 888-900-3393. Not sure if this is one of the cases that I was mentioning yesterday where a lot of dolphins are going to get caught up in this tuna net, which has now become a meme online, uh, and you're welcome for that. Uh, But will there be some innocent people that are accused of sexual harassment or sexual assault i think absolutely right now 
a woman is claiming that Roy Moore, who is just who just won the Republican nomination for the Senate seat that's open in Alabama. So he's the Republican nominee. Do we know when the the okay, the election is held uh December 12th. So oh, this is perfectly timed if it's not true it's really good timing and if it is true why didn't this come out a long time ago the story is on Roy Moore that uh, Lee Korfman says she was 14 years old when an older man approached her outside a courtroom in Etowah County Alabama she was sitting on a wooden bench with her mom And the man came up to them and said, I'm Roy Moore. It was 1979, and Moore, the Republican nominee in Alabama for the Senate seat, was 32 years old and an assistant district attorney at the time. He struck up a conversation with the two of them, Korfman again, 14, and her mom. And he offered to watch the girl while her mother went inside for a child custody hearing. So, according to these people, Roy Moore said, "Oh, you don't want to. You don't want her to go in there and hear all that. I'll stay. I'll stay out here with her." You just met this guy who walked up to you on a park bench and said, "Ah, you don't want to go in there with her. <laughs> stay here and I'll watch her." <laughs> the mother says, "She's seventy-one now." She says, "I thought how nice for him to want to take care of my little girl." Is it just me, or is that absolute insanity? That is a non-starter. That on. can't be right. Hey, how about, uh, you know, we've known each other now for, what, a minute and a half? 90 seconds? <laughs> I'll take care of your 14-year-old girl. <laughs> what? No. Nah, she's coming in with me. Thanks anyway. Appreciate it. Don't you say that as a responsible thinking parent? Human being, let alone parent. Mm. So anyway, she says, okay, that's great. Alone with Korfman, Moore chatted with her and asked her for her phone number, she says. So nothing happened there while they were chatting, apparently, except he got his phone, her phone number from him, from her. Days later, she says, he picked, up, he picked her up around the corner from her house in Gadsden and drove her about 30 minutes to his home in the woods, told her how pretty she was, and kissed her. On a second visit, he took off her shirt and pants and removed his clothes. And he touched her all over her bra and underpants. Mm. Wow. The girl says, I wanted it over with. I want it out. Please just get this over with. Whatever this is, just get it over. Uh, Wow. Why did you go the second time with him? Two of Korfman's childhood friends say she did tell them this at the time, but she told them she was seeing an older man. And uh, one of them says Korfman did identify the man as as Roy Moore. Well says her daughter told her about the encounter about a decade later. Aside from Korfman, three other women interviewed by the Washington Post in recent weeks say Moore pursued them when they were between the ages of 16 and 18, and he was in his early 30s. Here we go. Episodes, they say, they found flattering at the time, but troubling as they got older. None of the women say that Moore 
force them into any sort of relationship or sexual contact. Contact, But obviously, a 14-year-old girl is not of legal age to give consent. And so this would be, you know, sexual assault. Wendy Miller says she was 14 and working as a Santa's helper at the Gadsden Mall when Moore first approached her. And she was 16 when he asked her on dates, which her mother forbade. Debbie Wesson Gibson says she was 17 when Moore spoke to her high school uh, civics class and asked her out on the first of several dates that didn't progress beyond kissing. But again, she's 17. He's 33, 34. Gloria Thacker Deason was an 18-year-old cheerleader when Moore began taking her on dates that included bottles of Matus Rosé wine. The legal drinking age then was 19. If this is all true, it's it's really bad for Roy Moore. Now, it happened a long time ago, obviously, and nobody was saying anything about it until now. Now he's the Republican nominee, and now there's huge Me Too campaign on sexual assault. So, wow. I don't know. Do you look at it a little bit skeptically? I think so. We're a month out from that election. Uh, someone called Mo Brooks. Jeez. Yeah. Right? Could have had Mo Brooks <laughs> once again. There were better people in the field. Mm. That is amazing. So the first story, though, is what really boggles my mind. Because a mother and daughter are sitting there at the courthouse. A guy they've never met approaches them and says, Go ahead and go on in. I'll watch your daughter. <laughs> and she says, Okay? That's so nice of you to... Oh, you'll watch my 14-year-old daughter? Thank you. Hey, if you uh, drive her into the woods mm. uh, later, mm-hmm. uh, just give me a call and let me know what time you'll have her back. Sure <laughs> what? thing. What? No problem, ma'am. You betcha. <laughs> this is a crazy world. First of all, the mom is... Not a good mom, and probably should have lost child custody. If this is true, as she's going into a child custody <laughs> hearing, it's so ironic. She should not have custody of the daughter. Yeah. My gosh, I I don't you know you don't even know if he's Roy Moore, the assistant district attorney. You don't know that. You just met him, and even if he is, you don't just trust him with your fourteen year old daughter. I just, I can't even. It's it's impossible to even get your head around this stuff. Wow. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what shakes out of this, um, and f- and to find out once we've done the investigating here, how many of these people are really uh, really guilty of what they're accused of, and and how many have been falsely accused. And you could do some pretty good guesswork, I I think when. When it's Charlie Sheen, pretty good chance that he did what people say he did. When it's Harvey Weinstein, I think it's pretty obvious he did those things. On Roy Moore, I don't know. It's just really weird timing here. The election is a month and three days away. And he's the Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate. Pretty interesting timing on that. CMAs were last night. Uh, 
I don't know if anybody's watching these awards shows anymore, but they were hosted again by Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood. And they started out the evening by saying that uh, political jokes were not allowed this year. Pretty sure that's not true because they went ahead and told some political jokes. I don't know if you've heard about this. But the CMA has given us some guidelines with specific topics to avoid. So we can't be doing any of our silly little songs because this year's show is a politics-free zone. Are you kidding me? That's not fair. Hold on. So we can't even do like, well, way down yonder on the Scaramucci. That doesn't work? No. No Scaramucci, Brad. No. What what, what about... By the way, the Scaramucci song is Scaramucci, Scaramucci, Will You Do the Fandango? That's that's the song to do. There, there you go. You know? Good point. Thunderbolt and lightning, very very frightening. Me. Galileo. Like, <laughs> well, she's gone, gone, gone. No. Gone, gone, gone. Uh uh-uh. uh Oh no, she wrote a memoir. Hillary's back. Can't do it. Creative, but no. Mm-hmm. So that means like no more. Hold me closer, Bernie Sanders. No, can't do it. No Harbor Valley DNC. Nope. Not even stand by your Manafort. Definitely not. What are we going to do then? Well, I mean, clearly we can't say or play anything. So I guess to present our first award of the night, the stars of the new movie. What are you doing, Brad? Oh, I'm definitely not doing this one. Right now, he's probably in his PJs, watching cable news, reaching for his cell phone. Really? He's probably asking Siri, how in the hell do you spell Pocahontas? Well, here we go. In the middle of the night, from the privacy of a gold-plated White House toilet seat, he writes, little Bob Corker, NFL, and Kofi. Kofi! Kofefi? Kofefi? Kofefi. Thank you. And it's fun to watch, yeah, that's for sure. Till little Rocket Man starts a nuclear war, and then maybe next time he'll think before he tweets. Nah, it's not bad. It's okay. And and harmless humor, though. That's. You know, that's the kind of political humor that you'd expect on a country music show. And when it's the MTV Music Awards, uh, it'd be something a little harder hitting, I think. Because that wasn't, that wasn't nasty Trump stuff. Right. So. Uh, and, and probably wise, because most of the people gathered there, probably Trump fans, right? I mean, seems like the country fans are, and the country performers are a lot more conservative mm-hmm. than the others. Uh, the Cosmo Hurts Kids campaign is on a mission. <clears throat> Cosmo Hurts Kids founder is Victoria Hurst. The Hurst Corporation is the publisher of Cosmopolitan Magazine. So Victoria doesn't want her family's publication to go out of business. She's not trying to censor it. She just believes it does contain pornography and kids should be protected from that. So she's interested in having the state's material harmful to minor laws applied to Cosmo that way it can't be sold to anybody under the age of 18. If you don't believe there's porn in Cosmo, uh, try this particular article that was featured. Hmm. 50 shades of sex toys are here. 
And Mr. Gray definitely approves. Not this Mr. Gray, but the oh. Mr. Gray in Fifty oh, Shades another, okay. of Gray. Uh, nipple clamps galore, too, if you're interested. Uh, that, Oof. along with the brother-sister love thing and the hot sex guide that's on this month's cover, yeah, there's pornography in Cosmo. So if you'd like to learn more about how you can help keep it out of the hands of kids, go to CosmoHurtsKids.com, take a stand, let's keep the... Let's keep the pornography out of the hands of kids under 18. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network. is here well you know what i've seen your hernia that was uh charlie sheen related from a few years ago charlie sheen being accused now of when he was a teenager raping Corey Haim, the late Corey Haim, uh by Corey feldman and other actors for that matter uh charlie sheen denies vehemently denies of course i mean Talk about a guy whose career was troubled anyway. I think it'd be over after this. But in in the case of Corey Haim, it would be statutory rape because apparently Haim went into it legally or willingly. But you can't legally go into a relationship like that willingly. So it's considered rape in the eyes of the law. Uh, Also, Judge Roy Moore being accused of Sexual harassment and assault on young girls. Uh, a, a 14-year-old girl that he approached who was sitting on the bench with her mom. And supposedly Roy Moore in 1979 walked up to the pair, introduced himself, and then offered to watch the 14-year-old while the mom went inside for a child custody case. <laughs> who does that? Oh, okay. Well, that was so nice. Sure. That'd be great. Huh. In fact, why don't you take her to your basement? You just hang out there for a while while I'm in. It's probably nice and cool in there. Maybe, maybe you have some, uh, maybe a root cellar or something. You could take her. <laughs> I don't even. Uh, wow. And in, in this court date that she's referring to will be on a calendar somewhere in the archives. So you could find out if there actually and, was a child yeah, custody case. If he was up there for a case on the same right. day, I mean, that starts... You could probably do a little investigating and put this thing together to see whether it's even viable. <sighs> but three other three other women are saying that when they were between 16 and 18, he also dated them. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Pretty bizarre. Because he was 32 at the time. 888-900-3393. Monica in Arizona. Welcome to The Blaze. Hey there. I find it very hard to believe. I was younger than this girl, but I, a family friend wanted to take me, and my mom said no, and there was an argument. My mom said, no way this young man was going to take me as a child. She goes, no, I'll, I'll drive my daughter where she needs to go, and this man kept insisting that he take me, and my mom ended up tug-of-warring and saying, no, you will not take my daughter. I, I have control over her. It's good. And um, kind of fought him off. So I, I wow. find it hard to believe. 
Yes. It just doesn't make sense. Um, once my nephew went to the restroom at a baseball game, he was in there too long. I almost barreled in there to grab him. I was so afraid. It's like, who does that? Who just gives their child away? Yeah, it's uh, that's that's what I thought immediately. I It's hard to believe that particular story. Um, appreciate the call. Thanks, Monica. It's hard mm-hmm. to imagine any responsible parent just allowing that. And from a total stranger. Your mom didn't even allow it with a family friend. This is a total stranger they just met on the street. Doesn't seem reasonable. Although just the accusation is going to hurt him. How how many points what's he is he in the lead in this race? Yeah, he's up 17 right now. It's Alabama, so it's a deep red yeah. state. Yeah, and yeah. So the Republican Senate hopeful here Roy Moore has got quite the lead with a month to go. We will see how see long if that, that holds lasts. up. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if that holds up because it, it may not. Uh, that's amazing. Um, when Sergeant Bo Bergdahl came home in 2014, this is the deserter, uh, the guy who left and fraternized with the Taliban, and while U.S. Navy SEALs and others went out looking for him and got injured and killed, uh, he was willingly with the Taliban. He was just let go. He will not serve time or any kind of punishment for his uh, crime because I guess there's no such thing as treason anymore. There's no such thing as giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Uh, But when he came home, he was potentially entitled to hundreds of thousands of dollars in back pay that accumulated over the five years he was with the Taliban in Afghanistan. What do you want to bet the army gives him this money? Because it's such an upside-down world. He'll probably get hundreds of thousands of dollars to have cavorted with the enemy in Afghanistan. This is going to be interesting to watch. He was captured after walking off the base in uh, June of 2009. He uh, pleaded guilty in October to desertion and misbehavior before the enemy. (laughs) Ooh, what a serious charge misbehavior oh wow uh he also was dishonorably or is going to be dishonorably discharged from the army from the moment he was captured he became eligible for extra pay that's available to captive troops so how much is he entitled to over three hundred thousand (laughs) dollars okay Based on the results of the trial, the Army is reviewing uh, his pay and allowances. His final pay and allowances will be determined in accordance with DOD policy and Army regulation. I don't know that there's anything that precludes him from getting this money. So he may have cost the lives of his, his fellow troops, and he also may be paid handsomely for doing it. I just... Send help, aliens. Send help. Again, it's like, okay, flip the switch. Turn off the country. It's just, it's, sometimes you just think, is there any recovery from this? It's hard to imagine. Literally. Meanwhile, pro-ISIS, a pro-ISIS group has threatened more and bitter, more, more bitter and greater Manhattan attacks after last week's deadly ramming on the west side bike path. Uh, Monday is the two-year anniversary of coordinated attacks on Paris, which killed 
130 people, if you remember that. The Waffle Media Foundation uh, titled the PR poster, The Specter of Terrorism. You'll pay a very expensive price for your war on Islam. We will take revenge for the blood of Muslims on your land. We will kill the young before the older watch this. They issued a justification for the bombing of British teens at a May concert in Manchester as ISIS has placed a heavy focus on training youth. Uh, they've also encouraged targeting them. Their uh, magazine justified killing civilians, including the young adults engaged in sports activities in the park. Wow. Uh, there was a, a poster that was widely circulated and labeled Manhattan with a backdrop of burning, crumbling skyscrapers and a semi, semi-truck, significantly more, more truck than the fabled flatbed pickup uh, that the terrorist last week rented from Home Depot and showed a masked, armed jihadist standing before the scene. Uh, and the caption was, Oh, worshippers of the cross in USA, our lone wolves will come to you from where you do not know, and we will terrorize you wherever you are, and we will show you multitudes of terror and pain that you showed the Muslims. And what is coming is more bitter and greater. So, uh, hopefully somebody's taking this seriously and checking into this. And uh, hopefully we can put a stop to it. And meanwhile, you know, people who cavorted with these guys and groups like them might be entitled to $300,000 in back payment. What a country. Yeah, what a deal. And it's no wonder, you know, that they think that we're that we're weak and uncommitted because it must seem that way from the reports. Right? It must seem like we'll just take anything. We'll just accept anything. We'll just allow you to do anything. Pretty amazing. Literally, there are no repercussions anymore, it seems. Uh, There there aren't. Uh, I mean, treason was once so prevalent. I mean, the the charge of treason. Right. That when, if you were found guilty of it, you were just summarily hanged. And they didn't mess around with it. Used to be a big deal. But not anymore. And it, <clears throat> our founders would not have accepted this uh, from Bo Bergdahl. I think the guy would have been executed. 888 uh, 888 Also, uh, coming up, we got to tell you about the... Uh, uh, the the Trump Chinese uh, situation because it um, is apparently they're our best friends now. <laughs> they are a good trade partner, and they're just taking advantage the way any decent country would of the trade regulations, which, as we mentioned earlier today, is far different than he was saying during the, during the campaign. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray unleashed coming up.
Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. So they apparently released another 13,000 JFK files. And you know they're not going to they're not going to show anything about actual JFK assassination. They're just not going to. I had a little bit of hope when they dangled this in front of us a couple of weeks ago and since I've come to my senses. <laughs> There's going to be nothing here. Nothing here. Um, triple eight, 933-93. As I mentioned, uh, Donald Trump's tune earlier on China all during the campaign was that China was bad. And he, he talked about China all the time and how they took advantage of us. China, 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 China. Okay. On and on about China. And now of course, uh, he said this yesterday. Both the United States and China will have a more prosperous future if we can achieve a level economic playing field. Right now, unfortunately, it is a very one-sided and unfair one. But, mm. but, mm-hmm. I don't blame China. Oh. <laughs> you actually hear the laughter. Uh. After all... Who can blame a country for being able to take advantage of another country for the benefit of its citizens? I give China great credit. <laughs> so that, I, I didn't get the impression he was giving China great credit during the campaign. I really didn't. I thought he was uh, sort of attacking China because they're taking advantage of us. And he wanted that to change. And Chuck Schumer said, I blame China if nobody else does, <laughs> which is smart. Because I think the American people uh, feel that way. But I would love to hear from Trump supporters on whether this bothers you or not. I'll bet it doesn't. I'll bet with most Trump supporters are like, eh, it's what I got from it during the campaign. It's the same thing. Or Pat, he's over there in their country. He has to show them respect. Yeah. He's got to be able to speak on their Let us know, though, because I would love to hear... From support, if, especially if you've been with Donald Trump the entire time. If you were with him during the campaign and maybe even early on, and you're still with him today, how, how do you feel about, about this latest sort of turnaround? What seems to be a flip-flop from Donald Trump? 888-900-3393. In the meantime, uh, they have just released some information about Aaron Hernandez, the former Patriots tight end, who... Uh, was convicted of murder, was spending time in prison, was appealing his conviction, and while he was in jail, he was tried for another uh, double murder and exonerated of that of those charges. But three days after he was exonerated, uh, he hung himself. 
Well, so then they did an autopsy on him, and they found that he had CTE. He was in, I don't know, the third or fourth stage or something. And that's the the brain injury that you get from sports, especially uh, football and multiple concussions. Uh, Dr. Anne McKee, director of the Boston University Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy Center, said, in any individual, we can't take the pathology and explain the behavior. But we can say collectively, in our collective experience, that individuals with CTE and CTE of this severity have difficulty with impulse control, decision-making, inhibition or impulses or aggression, often emotional volatility, and rage behavior. And they are saying that uh, he may have had some of the worst CTE that they've ever seen. Really sad. Uh, McKee presented the most the post-mortem study this uh, today with uh, images of the former player's brain that showed extreme tissue loss with evidence of microbleeds associated with the head trauma. And she said these are very unusual findings for someone so young. Um, noting that other brains with similar damage came from men at least 20 years older. So this was the worst damage they'd ever seen in anybody of this age. The uh, center has pioneered the study of NFL players' brains, finding severe damage caused by repeated concussions. Hernandez was 26, of course, uh, committed suicide. And some of his relatives actually didn't believe that he committed suicide, if you remember that, in the immediate days after his death. But I think the CTE finding probably lends some credibility to the fact that he would have committed suicide. How many NFL players with CTE have committed suicide? Many, including uh, Junior Seau. And they didn't realize that he had that kind of trouble until afterwards. Really a, a sad state of affairs. And really bad for the NFL if they've known all along. But there's, you know, there's a lot of controversy about when the NFL knew and what they know and do they know now even. And what are they doing about it now? Are they just doing uh, these concussion protocols for show or are they really trying to protect the players? And it is interesting that anytime you tackle somebody now, if the heads come anywhere near the contact, uh, there's severe repercussions. In college, you're kicked out of the game, and then you miss part of the next game, too. And they are hypersensitive with that now, too. I mean, you literally graze the side mm-hmm. or the face mask whatsoever, mm-hmm. whether it was intentional or not. That doesn't matter. You're out. Get out. Oh, this is hard to believe based on the year that they've had, but during a BYU game a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> there was uh, the guy who, uh, Braden Al-Bakri is his name, and he normally plays fullback, but he plays on special teams too. He hit their punt returner so hard. I think it was a San Jose State game. He, most people called it the college football hit of the year. He drilled him, hmm. and his head kind of snapped back and forward uh, because uh, it was going every which way. He got hit so hard. He, he got knocked into the middle of next week. And initially, they called it targeting. They said that he used his helmet. And when they played the replay, they just realized that he hit him so hard, his head snapped back, that they didn't come in contact 
But oh. that's how sensitive they are. If your head even moves back. I saw the you play just now, and that's not pleasant. To Boom! S- oh. Is that, I mean, like a freight train. Wow. <laughs> so, wait, what was the final score? Like, do you remember how this game ended? Is that the San Jose State game? Yeah. Yeah, it was 41-20 BYU. Oh, good, because yeah. I was just going to say, you yeah. up 7-0, had the ball in the 5 right. after that? I mean, how did you lose that one? But, okay, yeah, it was the didn't. one you won. Okay. Yeah, they actually went up 14-0 <laughs> after that play. Okay. <laughs> and, and they hung on to win that game. Nice. Uh, before losing again the next week to Fresno State. Mm. You kinda, your, 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 your decibels got a little bit lower there. What happened the next Did week? They? Yeah, they lost. What's happened since then? They lost. A lot of games. Fresno State. Sorry. Two and eight now. Yeah, two and eight. Pretty proud. But you should be. Uh, it's a pretty number. And they play UNLV this weekend in Las Vegas where they've never lost to UNLV. Um. And they're underdogs against the UNLV Rebels. That tells you what kind of season it's been for the BYU Cougars. Wow. Uh, not great. It's just been not great. Yeah, you won't hear me bragging about my teams. Um, so. But Nebraska's not doing that badly, are they? No, no, they're great. Bad. They're, What's their record this year? Uh, four and five. Okay, I mean, it's better than two and eight. They will definitely lose at least two of the last three games. So, Do they have, have, have they played Wisconsin yet? Have they played Wisconsin? Wisconsin played with them. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that Wisconsin-Ohio State gauntlet back-to-back, that was bloody. (laughs) Yeah. And Ohio State uh, in that conference has turned out not to be quite as as formidable as everybody thought. Uh, They got throttled by Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... uh, Yeah, you know what? It's whatever's happening at the top of the East and West... Uh, it doesn't involve uh, Nebraska by any stretch. I so. got to tell you, hmm. they should just cancel this college football season anyway. I'm good with that. Just, just cancel it. We're good. It, nobody wants to see it. Done. Nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who's even playing anymore. Yeah, just I don't. Cancel this year and let's move on to next year. What's football? I don't. In college, I didn't, do they even play college football? They I probably shouldn't. So. You know what? You know what? Kids should go to college for Pat. They should go to college to learn, right? Thank study, you. Study, you know, get yes. a get a get a uh, a skill so that you can uh, excel as an adult and get a job. You don't need sports because and all this crap. What does football cause? CTE. It kills people. Uh huh. And it comes full circle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, hundreds of illegal and legal immigrants descended on the Hart Senate building. This afternoon, gathering in mass protest of the Trump administration's decision to rescind the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Act, which is DACA. Now, do these people know what Donald Trump is actually doing with the DACA program? He's actually trying to take it from policy of the administration to U.S. law passed by Congress. He's trying to make it so... That these dreamers can't be deported. I, it's so strange. The LGBTQIA uh, opposition to Trump is very weird because he's never been opposed to gay marriage or gay rights at all. And this DACA opposition to Trump doesn't make any sense because he's also trying to help them. Maybe they should pick up a newspaper and read it. The protesters gathered to demand that members of Congress pass the legislation for the Dreamers. Um, The protests were not relegated solely to Washington. College students across the U.S. staged organized walkouts and rallies. 
another group, the UndocuBlack Network. Oh, that's catchy. That's a new one. The UndocuBlack UndocuBlack. Joined in on Thursday's Capitol protest. They describe themselves as a multi-generational network of black undocumented people organizing our communities and building power. So there's illegal aliens who are black. And now they're banding together, too. That is, that is quite I've never specific. heard of that group. I've never heard That's of that group. too specific. I think there should be a group of, of white undocumented immigrants as well, then, shouldn't there? That should also be banding together. Because they're being excluded by the Hispanics and the blacks. See, that's not right. It's not right. That's exclusion, and I thought we were about inclusion. What about the Irish people? Uh, Like, what's his face that we talked to? Jonathan Dunn. Who still can't get into the country. Gosh. It's really unbelievable. (sighs) House Republicans said Thursday that they're hoping to pass the bill to help uh, DACA recipients before the clock runs out. Uh, And that ends, I think, at the end of the year. Roughly a dozen House GOP members think as many as 300 of the chamber's 435 could get behind such a bill. I think so, too. I mean, everybody's supporting them. What are they even protesting? No bill is going to be perfect, but inaction is just unacceptable. We stand here ready to work with the Speaker's Working Group, with the White House, with our friends from both sides of the aisle to pass legislation solutions this year. Every time that Congress kicks this can down the road, people, real people, are hurt. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm kind of hung up on something early in the story that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You were giving um, the abbreviations of all of the uh, groups uh, that needed representation, and yeah. you just kind of you just kind of trailed off before you got to the end. Let's go through this again, Pat. It's okay. L, G, G, K, B, T, Q, I, A, plus, plus, S, two. Yeah, S2 sometimes comes at the beginning, though. Okay, well, let's the, try it again. Hold on. Sorry. Okay, it's S2 LGBTQIA. Now I'm lost. Yeah. yeah. There's a plus in there somewhere. I but, know that for a fact. But the two S, as we established on Glenn's show earlier, two is S. the two spirit where you have a man and a woman inside your body. I mean, so, who doesn't? I don't know why right? we have to designate that specifically. <laughs> right? I know. I know. Glenn was curious about if you're driving. Uh, which spirit is it that takes over? And I said, it's got to be the man because you don't want the woman's spirit driving. Right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that goes without mm-hmm. saying. Triple eight, uh, 933.93. We've got more coming up in a second. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you about Riduzone. It's Pat Gray for uh, Riduzone. Diet and exercise, obviously the basic formula for weight loss, right? But if you want an extra boost in your plan to be healthier, this supplement just might help you. It's called Riduzone, and it's an all-American company that offers a natural weight loss supplement extracted from olive oil. OEA, which is a highly concentrated metabolite of olive oil, it's designed to aid in weight loss by helping your body feel full. Kind of sends a message to your brain that says, Ugh, I'm stuffed. I can't eat anymore. So it regulates your appetite. Uh, your body weight and body fat metabolism. It's safe. It's a non-stimulant, uh, naturally present in the body. It just creates more of it. It's vegetarian. It's gluten-free. It's non-GMO. It's patented and accepted by the FDA, so it's safe. Riduzone. 
Get your crave back in its cave. To learn more and to order your bottle, go to RidUZone, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com, RidUZone.com, and enter the promo code PAT to get 40% off your purchase. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Unleashed. 888-933-93. Talking a few minutes ago about the uh, TSA. Uh, they only miss about 80% of the weapons and explosive material that people sneak through the lines on purpose who are testing them, you know, at Homeland Security. Now, we can't test them like that because you'll be arrested. If you can say, hey, yeah, I was just testing to see if you'd find that gun, that doesn't work. But the Homeland Security does does these regular checkups to see how they're doing, and they're not doing well. It's about 80% that get through. And two years ago, it was 95%. Uh, so it's it's a problem. And I just don't believe that the, the steps the TSA takes at the airport are really steps that are keeping us safe. So uh, I... And it just keeps getting worse and longer. And the lines just keep getting longer. Uh, 888-900-3393. Jeremy in New Mexico. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, how's it going hey, today? Doing good. All right. Hey, mm. that, that wonderful TSA, uh, that organization who, you know, they've caught so many ter- attempted terrorists, you know. Mm-hmm. And the... Um, uh, I, I guess apparently in some cities you could be, you know, doing something wrong and other cities not. A couple of years ago, I was flying from Phoenix to California, and I heard a, a rumor from somebody who said that they were allowing small, like, multi-tools in your carry-on bags now. And I was like, that's kind of weird because I have a Leatherman. I always have my Leatherman on me. Everywhere I go, I'm on vacation, I have it with me. And it's got a little three-inch blade on it. I was like, oh, that's weird. Okay, well, I'm not going to argue with them. So I didn't want to check my bag because uh, uh, it was just a small bag for a couple days. And went through the went through uh, TSA in Phoenix. No problem. Got on the plane. Cool. I was like, oh, it must be true. Well, a couple days later, I was done with my trip. I was coming back and going through the TSA. And the, uh, the guy says, excuse me, sir, um, do you have a, a small knife in your bag? And I was like, uh, no. He's like, is it part of a multi-tool like a Leatherman? And I was like, well, yeah, because I was told that we could do that. He's like, he's like, no, you can't bring any kind of knives on the plane. And so I had to go check my bag. And I'm like, I'm like, you need to let your people over in Phoenix know that what the rules are, because obviously they're not up to date with whatever Pony Express mail you guys send around <laughs> to each other for updates. Because I flew over here with it on the plane, and he looked at me like. You can't have you can't have that on the plane. I was like, you guys let me through, so it's on you. <laughs> wow, so inconsistent. But, wow, makes you feel I, makes you I, feel all cozy inside, doesn't it? Like we're really, well, really I, safe. I, I tell you this much. Oh, I tell you this much. To this day, 
when I if I'm flying somewhere and uh, I don't want to check a bag, my Leatherman goes in my my carry-on bag, and if they catch it, I just go, oh, okay, I guess I'll go check it in. And I can tell you four four times now that it's uh, I've gone through and not been flagged for it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Jeremy. I, again, they're just, it's not to keep us safe. It's it's. I think it's about control. And they, you know, hurting us like animals, which they're doing at the airport. They hurt us in these long lines, make us go through these all this machinery. Uh, they get to pat us down and feel us up without offering us dinner. Hmm. Uh, which airport is this again? Every every airport. Uh, I got to travel more. All airports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I was mentioning the, the Dreamers that showed up at the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. There is actually some some video footage of this and some audio. He, I, there are literally hundreds of people at the Capitol demanding action. This is what it sounded like this afternoon. Um Listen to that. It sounds like a rock concert. Si se puede. Si se puede. Is that what they're chanting? I don't know. I just know the last time they gathered, that was their chant. Yes, we can. I I can't really tell what they're chanting, but they're demanding they be allowed to stay in the country. That that Congress pass a law that allows them to stay here forever. Now, if I'm in a nation illegally, whether it's for a month or 11 years, do I have the right to go to their Capitol building, to stand in front of their legislators and yell and scream and demand that they make me legal there? What if I... What if I conducted myself this way in Mexico City? How would they like that? We send back them. <laughs> I just uh. don't try. That's why I tell my kids, Pat, don't waste your time trying to figure out the world to make sense. Uh, just, it's not going to make sense ever. Can't take it because we send back them is is a reference to Felipe Calderon, who was the president of Mexico. When the you know the last time they had the big push and were demanding this and that and something else, and so Wolf Blitzer was asking him some questions to find out how hypocritical they really are, and this is what he said: "It's some racial profiling criteria in order to enforce the law that it's against any sense of human rights, and of course, is provoking very Our disappointing." Law. Uh, right. thinks or very disappointing sure. opinion in Mexico and around the world, even here right. in America, yeah. to introduce these kind of elements, uh-huh. especially racial profiling aspects that are attempting against what we consider human rights. It's the principle of discrimination, right. which is against the values of these great nations. The values. Of course, <laughs> if somebody sneaks in from Nicaragua or some uh-huh. other country in <laughs> yeah. Central America through the southern border <laughs> of this. Mexico, Listen they wind up in Mexico, uh-huh. they can go get a job, they no, can no. work. No, no. If somebody do that no. somebody without do that. permissions, without we, permissions. Send ba- we send back them. Oh, oh, I see. So it's fine for it's oh! fine for you. It's fine for you, but if we try to do it or somebody else tries to do it to you, well, no, no, no. We send back them without permissions. We send back them. Hmm. They send them back. They deport them. Maybe he just misunderstood the question. I mean, it's different it interesting, too? He seems to have no sense of irony or hypocrisy <laughs> at all. Completely lost on him.
That's what makes this whole thing so aggravating. All right, the Big Friday show coming up tomorrow. We'll see you then on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.